Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm going to start recording this elitist behavior. <laughs> right off the top, Alicia flexing on it. What's going on? Uh, everybody hates coming over to my house because they know it's not like they'd be like, bro, you legit have central AC, yet you never fucking used it. And I'd be like, nope, I like it like this. Wow. You're too the Jamaican in you is too strong. Turn on no. the AC. You're boiling. I know you're cooking in there. I'm not. By the I time mean, not right now, but maybe later. See, and that's the thing, you know your climate. And then when people come over, they're like, yo, you're not hot, fam. Like <laughs> <laughs> you like, yo, don't touch that shit. Don't oh touch it. God. Like, if you got a problem, go outside. You're an AC Nazi. Wow. And an elitist. <laughs> wow. We're learning so much in the first two minutes <laughs> of the show today. Yo, you know who they got at today for um, allegedly being an elitist? Uh, B. Simone. Her time has come, huh? Past two weeks been rough for her. Everything she says is a problem. It's a problem. Like, oh, man. I wonder if I can even find the the interview because she did an interview with Nick Cannon and I got it I can send it to you I, I'm gonna look for it on on Twitter right now because it's got it can't be far she did an interview with Nick Cannon and Nick asked her something about like could she date a regular guy oh here it is um, what why not <laughs> you don't want to have an honest I, job I mean he could be a, a hustling entrepreneur. So you want him to be a, you want CEO status? Yes. Okay, he can't, he can't, so like, he can't, he can't like clock in and, and clock out. No. No. <laughs> Damn, be some more. should date entrepreneurs. Okay, but still, there's there's people who have really good jobs with vocational skills. If, if he's a mechanic. I'm, I'm sure can't have a nine to five. So basically she said her man can't have a nine to five. And she followed that by saying, he, she thinks entrepreneurs should date entrepreneurs. Now, mm-hmm. I, I took this as, especially because I am an entrepreneur, that this was like, she was basically saying people who understand each other's lifestyle. No one's going to understand an entrepreneur's lifestyle aside from an entrepreneur. Someone who doesn't work an entrepreneur lifestyle can definitely learn over time to understand it. Which is, I think, the problem. She didn't. She didn't get to fully explain what she meant by that. Or even if she did get to fully explain, she didn't explain didn't it properly. Use, but they didn't use that clip, right? That, well, that's, that's the thing. Shit, because she could have went on and been like, you know, I don't want it, but exactly these are the reasons why. But even in the clip that she said, she never once mentioned finances. She didn't stink up her nose when she said nine to five. It wasn't like she was like nine to five. Ew, no. It wasn't like it was disgusting to her or anything like that. It was just she um, basically was saying she wants someone who has an understanding of what she does. And I can identify with that. Like being someone that I, sometimes you're up working hella late or something comes up and you got to cancel on the person or suddenly you're flying out in a day or two and they can't come with you. 
These are things. It's not a structured lifestyle. Yeah, it's not a structured lifestyle. You don't even have to be an entrepreneur for that to make sense. If you're a flight attendant and you get called out for a five day work week where it's like you made plans with your man to do whatever, blah, 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 meet family, do whatever, but you got to fly out. There's nothing you can do about that. That's your job. And if the person that you're with isn't a flight attendant or pilot or someone that works at the airport, they're probably not going to. They're going to understand it, but the probability is much lower for them to understand it. And especially when you're getting into a relationship, I feel like you want to mesh with the person almost right away. You don't want to really have to work to mesh. Me personally. Yeah. I mean, like, for me, I retweeted that and I said, yo, I've dated a various like um, men that have like varied careers and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, like, they're still going to find a way to complain. Like I've dated people who work regular nine to fives, people work that shift works, people that are athletes and have X amount of time off. And everybody's going to fucking complain if they want to complain. Like if they'll be like, Oh, well, Ace, you're, you go on random trips or like random trips for work or whatever. Or, um, like you will have all these events back to back and you won't be able to like maybe my problem is that most of the relationships i get into are long distance which makes it like another level but at the end of the day there's a large amount of men unfortunately that can't take a woman that is like really busy busy is really successful has a lot going on they can't they can't handle that that's a fact and it doesn't matter like even with the athletes they'd be like oh we don't want you to do shit so you can just come around wherever I go from like one one city to the next city when like they're off season or whatever the case may be. It and takes a like lot of nine patience. To five, they they all be like, oh well, you're always gone and I'm here and you know I get finished at five o'clock. You're not here to cook my dinner. Like you just gotta find whoa, a person that whoa, really accepts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> let's slow it down no, there. That's a telling me that we don't enable the caveman mentality. I'll cook myself, uh, but. <laughs> No, like what you're saying is real. And I know I've even been a victim of that. It just takes learning patience and learning that patience is more important. More important. Patience and understanding is more important than your ego at that time. You know what I mean? Because it's all ego. You feel like, listen, we made this official. You said you're mine. I said I'm yours. So that means your time is mine and my time is yours. And and it's it's also that, that whole sharing aspect of relationships where like, when you buy food, if you, especially if you live together, when you buy food, you're not buying food for just yourself. You're fi- buying food for both you guys now. Mm-hmm. When you're going out, you got to take into consideration the other person. A lot of things you, you're constantly taking into the consideration the other person. So I feel like people almost get clouded in judgment with that when it crosses over into career, especially mm-hmm. if your career is something where you're not going to a building, you don't have a boss, you can dictate your own hours. So they're like, if you can dictate your own hours, why aren't you prioritizing your hours around what we have going on? And people yeah. don't understand that life doesn't work that way. My dreams personally come before any anything else. <laughs> for now, for now, uh, where I'm at in life. I can't say I've never been in love, so I don't know what that entails. I don't know if my whole like perspective yeah. changes. But for now, my career is something I've been working on for years and years and years and years. I just met you. This is not something I'm willing to exchange my dream for someone who can't understand when I need to work. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Back in the day when I used to, you know, 
when I used to work and hustle. I had my own. I had my own schedule, which allowed allowed me a lot of availability for my girl. Mm-hmm. So anytime she needed me, I'm like, hey, you know, boom. I have my I'm own at hours. the corner of, you know, cool. yeah, right. <laughs> but here's the thing: she didn't, like, she, didn't, she didn't like what I was doing, so she's like, you're gonna have to change eventually. Mm. So guess what? She was I a changed. cop. I started working <laughs> in in the social sector. You know, and she wasn't feeling kids. that. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't see you all the time. Hold on. I can't because now I'm working within the structured time period and I'm fast tracking because I didn't go to university or anything. So I'm like fast tracking towards becoming a better person. She changed. You would want me to be. She changed your trajectory. She changed my trajectory 100%. That's some powerful. Let's just let's just give a round of applause. That's a woman right there. This nigga yeah. was on the path of destruction. And that's how I met Norm is through community involvement. Like that's that's what I know Norm for before I knew Norm was community yeah. involvement, manifesto, working with the arts, working with people in the city. Yep. And it's all because of her. Yep. God damn. Congratulations. God. Hey, the first time, and I thought about this recently, uh, the first time I ever heard of who Norm was was when I was working at an advertising agency and he was hired to host um, like this series for TIFF for uh, Dyson, I think it was. And this was in 2015. That's right, for E1. Yeah, E1. for E1. So ah. E1 was my client when I worked at the ad agency. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. That was, that was a fun little gig. It was with that... <laughs> With that one chick from uh, Much Music, or MTV. yeah, Aaliyah Jasmine. Aaliyah Jasmine, mm-hmm. yeah. You can always tell where. Because I was like, hold on, I want to be doing this. I want to be sitting inside this office all day. <laughs> what? It was the easiest job I ever had in my life. You can yeah, always tell. To, like talk to Kiefer Su- uh, Donald Sutherland and and like I was, mm-hmm. I was on red, car- red carpet Jeez. and shit. Like, it was yeah, fun. it was fun for you guys. I was on the back end. <laughs> yeah. Doing all the dirty work. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Patterson, the homie. He's another manifesto homie. Yes, because he, he was. That, that was the first time I ever met him, and he was the uh, creative like director for that little project. I yeah, remember. Yeah. But yeah, um, in terms of that, I don't think that's why a lot of like women are really successful and older and never been married or like have kids and stuff like that because it's really. Like for men, it's one thing, but a lot of women are willing to like compromise whatever they have going on to like, you know, if a man needs to travel and up and leave to another city or has a crazy schedule, a lot more women are like compromising of that. But when it comes to men, I don't think it's the same. And that's why I feel like a lot of these amazing women who we all like idolize over are very successful, but don't have a man or um, married until older because of their career essentially and i've even said that to my friends i was like bro like say i move to another city with this radio thing i'm never gonna find a man because he ain't gonna keep bouncing from city to city with me he's gonna be like bitch no i'm gonna find me a little girl who just wants to sit her ass home (laughs) and if i do it's like but i think that's also something man i think that's also something that was lost in that conversation is that it is different for a man and a woman uh in that situation because let's just call spade a spade niggas want to be mothered a lot of niggas want to be mothered and moms are home (laughs) moms are home doing the stuff that needs to get done right Mm -hmm. and if she's not there when at your beck and call 
then that Freud kicks in, that Freudism just kicks in and you're just like, yo, like she should be here for me. And you just start building resentment and completely dismissing that she has her own dreams, her own Mm -hmm. career, her own aspirations and goals set for her life. Probably some before she even met you and some to benefit you (laughs) at the end of the day too. So it's like, I think a lot of man's like, we don't talk about that enough, how a lot of man's want to be mothered in a sense and they kind of it kind of stems from the whole like traditional roles and what men are used to like Mm -hmm. regardless of the changing times and progression and all that good stuff realistically there are still a lot of women who don't mind being a housewife um there are and you see that in a lot of the uh very visible couples like i mean celebrities like yeah. there's a lot of rappers who their girlfriend just stays at home. She doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that she's just <laughs> famous because she's the girlfriend and yeah. those guys like it that way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So there, there are certain, there's, there's someone for everybody. I'm not going to say that it's like unlikely that you would find someone in a nine to five as an entrepreneur. It's just and not mesh. It's just a little bit more difficult and yeah. relationships in general, no matter what, you do entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs still difficult. It's relationships. It's two people mm-hmm. joining their lives together. It's gonna be difficult. One when I see I- when I see people get like comedians get have like wives and kids, mm. I'm like, how do you do that? Like you travel on road. Like my homie John Paul. Shout out to John Paul. His I mean, his wife's a doctor. Okay, so he oh, wow. boom, and he's just he's the stand up comedian. And right there, you you already know who's the breadwinner, right? Does he care? No, he's a great, he's an amazing father. He takes care of the kids. He still has all the confidence. The wife loves him to death. Just find a way to make it work, especially if you fall works. in love with someone. Like you, if you fall in love with someone, I, I feel like you would do whatever it takes to make it work. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's relationships at the end of the day, man. They're going to be difficult. That's just yeah. life. Oh, uh, welcome back to the Extra Gravy. I don't even think we played this last time. Oh, yeah! You beautiful bastards, especially the black ones. Oh, baby. This is a lot. You know what? Norm reminds me of uh, Steven Taylor. I went to Vegas. <laughs> I went to Vegas last um, last September, and I went through the like Rolling. Was it Rolling Stones? He's a part of whatever he is a part of. Stephen Taylor. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah, Aerosmith. Yeah, I went through it, and they said that um, like they have a collection of all his scarves that he's like notorious for, mm. and when he was doing their um, their show, like their reoccurring show at the whatever. I think it was at MGM. He would literally go downstairs to like the museum where his scarves were. And he would like pick up a scarf (laughs) for that show from there, take it from like their little honorarium thing that they had going on or whatever it's called and then wear it and then bring it back. That's it. So, that's that's, <laughs> that's that's legendary using your right? mu- using that's your museum collectibles as <laughs> as just your drip that's i rate it i rate it you look like yeah. the guy from rock of love is that the same guy remember that show rock of love that was like yeah, the first he, he used to rock this too that was the first um, was that the first something... dating show with a with a musician i think that was the like first was. one i think so i feel like that's what started it before flavor of love 
And yeah, then white people are like, first. whoa, this guy's making us look bad. Let's get a nigger up there. <laughs> <laughs> and no, flavor of Axel, love. I, was I was considering this to Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. Life is all about Guns N' Roses. I've never heard a, I, well, I probably have heard a Guns N' Roses song. It's one of those like songs you don't know you know until like CHRO. I friggin' commercial comes on TV and you're like, oh, November rain. <laughs> I don't know. Oh that song. You don't know about November rain. No, I don't know about November rain. I live in Toronto. Patience. It snows. <laughs> what about? Jesus Christ! Why does your voice turn into a goblin? Why does your voice do that when you? Because that's Axl Rose. That's, that's what they sound sings. like. He sounds yeah. demon possessed. Essentially, he sounds he screams possessed. with a high pitched voice. You know when he's like, yeah, yeah, I know that song, Jungle. No, no, Welcome to the Jungle. But you're like, we're at shuffle right now. That is a white man's ad lib. Jungle. Remember when he's like, my, 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 like that to a white person in rock and roll is. This actually gave me a close, close, close. We're a premiere, premiere, premiere. Oh man, the wine's getting to me already. That was hilarious. Wow. How's your week? How's your I think week? I need to drink a little faster. I should have been drinking all week, to be honest. I a, did. I bought a bottle. When did I buy a bottle? Um, I don't, I don't when did know. I go grocery shopping? Like the Friday, Saturday, or something like that. I don't know. Man. I'm halfway done. For Women sure. do that in their in their stories every time. They be trying to figure out the story while telling the story. I went the other day. I was like, it was like, was it Thursday or Friday? Every, every I think it was like two. Literally a blur. I think okay? it was like three or two. It might have been three. <laughs> Why do women do that? <laughs> know the story, then tell us the story. <laughs> Practice in the mirror. <laughs> God damn it. I hate that shit. Oh. Anyway, the point is, is that my bottle is halfway done of tequila. God my, damn. Uh, red wine bottle is like a quarter done. What tequila? So, Silver or gold? Gold. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're a, yeah, you're a soldier still. I couldn't do that one. I, I tried to be spicy. I, I was drinking the other day and I started getting the Asian glow. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Maybe it's that area, Asian Heritage Month thing. Like, uh, <laughs> like okay, you're officially Asian. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and we was officially up on a bill. Hey! We're officially up. If you guys want to go down to Young and Dundas Square, we are there until the end of today. Because no, today is Wednesday. Oh, Thursday. Isn't thought, it the 11th? Oh, yeah, no, 11th. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. So Thursday um, will be the last day. Tomorrow will be the last day for you guys to uh, check out the billboard. I think it plays every three minutes or eight minutes. What was it? Every three minutes. Every three eight. minutes it'll be up there. So uh, I don't know how long it'll be up there. I'm going to go take a picture tomorrow. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. That's a huge, huge achievement. We already you know, went all over that shit. But other than that, <laughs> how was your week? How was your week this week? We'll start with the black people in the room. We'll start with the black lives that matter. I'm joking. <laughs> oh man, no, seriously. How's your How's your week? Yeah, um, I think it it started slowly, started to get better. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like a little bit lighter, more like progressive. I felt like um, 
overall, I'm grateful for any opportunity and blessing that has fallen in my lap. Mm-hmm. I feel like my email has been a little more uh, populated. Oh, oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, talk about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if y'all are just doing it because I'm black, but hello. Thank you. I love uh, a nigga me. email. I love a nigga email. <laughs> I love a nigga email with money in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually going to be hosting something on Saturday. Um, it's going to be on the, like the Queen West block from three until seven is called the block for black and it's a fair a social distance like fundraiser and um we're trying to raise ten thousand dollars for black which is a legal fund that specifically goes to um low income or no income black families that need legal help so um it's going to be like on the queen street block um i don't know the actual between davenport and dufferin Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'll be there hosting in Four Corners is DJing and it's going to be cool. There's that's, a bunch of like companies that are um, going to be out there participating. So that's what's up. There is um, a number. There's actually so, uh, somebody giving out their services. Um, they put out a tweet. Derstein Penman on Twitter. D-E-R-S-T-I-N-E-P-E-N-M-A-N. Derstein Penman. Said if you are interested at a protest, if you are arrested at a protest in Toronto, mm-hmm. we will represent you free of charge. Call anytime to 416-304-1414 and someone will always pick up. The status quo needs to change. Protests fuel change. Black lives matter. So that was really yeah. dope. It's good to see some unity. Um <laughs> I've been seeing a I lot of go unity. To a protest. I had to send my mom that. I was supposed to go on Friday and I mm-hmm. tried to, and then it rained on me while I was going down. And um, I sent that to my mom. I was like, here, mom, if I get arrested, please uh, call these people. <laughs> about that militant life. <laughs> Alicia's about to get pepper sprayed for the... Yeah? <laughs> Toronto you know, protests. Those Toronto protests me. were real peaceful, though. They were really peaceful. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that I know that went um, said it was really peaceful. They had a certain feeling being there. Like, they couldn't really describe what that feeling was. But they knew it was like joyful. They knew it was a happy feeling. Um, mm-hmm. When I started thinking about that, I was like, yo, that must like, especially as a black person, just being out there and seeing how many people for once show up for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, especially the the, the multitudes of, of races that showed up. Yeah. Like it was really Toronto on display. And uh, the peaceful aspect is also another Toronto on display. Um <laughs> But what, do you feel like it's because of how the police handled it, why things didn't get testy, or do you think Toronto people just were never about that life? I and think I th- we have a Toronto, purpose. Like Toronto we don't have a purpose to life. burn down that shit. <laughs> Toronto people ain't about that life. <laughs> they ain't about that life, man. I don't think they're about, they that, about life, that life, but I also think that. Okay, no, so wait, first of all, about that life, but they're like, they're about that life, but they're like, but it's not worth it. Come on, man. I would if I had to, but come on, I don't, I don't need to. Well, there's a number of thing, reasons why I was like, I think that's why I went peaceful. First of all, we're obviously not in America, so the, it, it's still a disconnect there when um, you're talking about people who aren't black. There's a disconnect in American and Canadian standards and ways of living and all that shit. So there's that divide in their mind. Um, because let's be real, we talked about it. The white people were the majority of the ones starting the rioting and looting and all that shit. So if the white people here ain't feeling American, 
they're not gonna f- they're not gonna feel that passion and rage or in cahoots to do it for Trump. Like the, all those reasons are out the door. You know what I mean? Um, but also, I think a key factor was the police or whoever it was trying to set up Toronto. I saw pictures of bricks being laid out mm-hmm. and people were going with that. <clears throat> then I, I think the, the funniest one was the, the bricks one because at first I was like, yo, because it's easy to be like, yo, what the fuck? What's going on? Like, what are you guys trying to do <laughs> in that area, especially right in front of Cam H uh, mental health facility? Um, it was just very odd, but I also knew. <laughs> I was like, second, the second thought came to my mind. I'm like, they're doing mad construction around there, like all the time. Yeah. And then there was a video that came out like three days later, and you're just seeing some guys just they're just working with the bricks, and it was just really yeah. funny to me. It's but, like all context, because Jamila, <clears throat> I don't know Jams, she lives near where the bricks are, and she was like, yo. The place is literally under construction. Like they moved the bricks now. But like it's for at first a building. At first <laughs> reaction, you're like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Because you're hearing about them, yeah. like potentially setting up a riot. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're seeing that fake protest um, flyer that went out saying, "Yo, we're rioting on Saturday." Blah blah blah. So, like, it was a perfect storm of bullshit, and then. Yeah. What really fucked me up, because I didn't really, I, I got over the brick shit. I was already over it. My boy, so I, this is someone actually, I actually know, caught police taking stones out of random flower beds. And I'm not some small little pebbles, talking big, big stones. Intern, I'm loving the sign language. Big, right. big song. <laughs> He's like that. You know the rapper when Rocka Flocka had that, that sign language girl? <laughs> this guy's like... Or do you know what you can wear? Remember stones. the one that uh, faked it? Oh, the one that lied yeah, about yeah, everything? Yeah. He was up in the government a queen, building like, faking fucking sign languages. I remember that, too. <laughs> so but yo, these people were taking big stones out of flower beds, random flower beds in downtown Toronto, and piling them together at the side of the road where the protest was taking place. That was where I was like, make it make oh, sense. No, so, so make watch it this make now. sense. Well, so watch this. Now, apparently... Mm-hmm. Oh my God, please debunk this so I can laugh. Apparently there was a call saying there are rocks that are around these flower beds. Can you please gather them and have the city pick them up in case they're used for riots? So, so it was somebody who made like a community. So like, someone reported rocks, and the the police said, "Okay, nah, I ain't buying that." This is what someone told nah. me, right? And I, and I was like, "I'm like, nah." That sounds well, like a theory. Just, well, let's just say, okay, let's just say it was. <laughs> this you always want to play devil advocate. <laughs> of course, that's my role. Okay, that's what I do. Well, let's just say somebody called in and said, "Yo, there's rocks here. Come, come and pick them up." And in that moment, as the cops are collecting them, a black man and the city's the ready to come and pick them up. The black man's like, "What the, the fuck?" fuck? <laughs> you know, it's, that's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. You <laughs> yeah, no, dead ass. That's, that, that's Seinfeld. Like, that's, yeah, no. That's why it was so Arms. funny to me. That's a script for sure. 
Norm's <laughs> devil advocate role is looking like uh, Molly's boyfriend, like mm. Asian Bay's uh, brother who was in the pool. Like, yep. let's just play devil's advocate here. Devil's like, listen, nigga, if you don't shut the fuck up. The only problem is Norm needs to know when to devil's advocate. That's the only <laughs> issue i love the devil's advocate especially on a podcast is needed Absolutely. you need to I hear every, all sides of the argument but <laughs> no but like i only see that because somebody literally just told me that before like before the show like a couple of hours i was just talking to them and uh they, they mentioned that like yo so i heard this and i was like no that didn't happen but i just want to mention that because it would be funny if that, that don't was even the case. that that would be super wild that the police would be like all right, you're predicting crime. We'll take care of it. It's like how you can't you can't get rid of every stone in Toronto in the downtown core just on a hunch that someone from someone in the building was like, I think they're gonna use the rocks and flower beds. What, what kind of whistleblower? You're a stone blower? That's fucking nuts. That is fucking nuts. It's been a very, it's been a very weird, a very wild, a very tumultuous week. Quite, yeah. quite. This week has been just a non-stop surprises, shocked, uh, you name it. It's got everything. <laughs> it's got comedy. It's got yeah. exposés. It's yeah. Yo, it's been an emotional roller coaster. To you could say be from like the down least. to the bottom, like crying, being like, I hate this shit, to like, yo, this is the funnest shit ever. Honestly, I don't even know where to start. Like, there's so much. What do you where do you guys want to start? You guys choose. The, I don't care. What the good, the bad, the ugly? Let's go with the ugly. The ugly? <laughs> I want the ugly. NYPD today. <laughs> Woo! Had the fucking gall. And the, the nerve to motherfuckers cry and complain about their treatment <laughs> as of late. You fucking pigs. <laughs> Let me play the exact shit for you guys. Oh, so you cry, baby. Y'all can, y'all can hear this bullshit. Oink, oink, oink is all I hear. This isn't stained by someone in Minneapolis. It's still got a shine on it. And so do theirs. So do theirs. Stop treating us like animals and thugs and start treating us with some respect. Excuse me? (laughs) Animals and thugs, you say? (laughs) Where have I heard this song before? Ooh, empathy. That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. Left out of the conversation. Vilified. Boy, if you don't shut up. I've heard this song before. It's disgusting. (laughs) I might have wrote it. (laughs) Trying to make us embarrassed of our profession. 375 million interactions. Ah, shut up. These guys have been under scrutiny. Heavy scrutiny. The type of scrutiny that black people have been under in gangs for two weeks. And they're having press conferences. With a hundred white men masked up behind him. The fact that, first of all, the fact that you're saying this, that you're saying, you know, um, you guys are the good cops. He said, he later on went to say that uh, they condemn and find disgusting what happened in Minnesota. I mean, Minneapolis. And they hope that um, 
those officers are charged and whatnot. And he's like, we are not those officers. First of okay. all, first of all, my nigga, you are the NYPD. There's a whole fucking show about y'all bullshit. <laughs> That's first of and all. And yo, a uh, lot of fucking uh, Eric uh, Garner died under N NYPD. Like, you guys have been putting people. out propaganda shows to change your image for years. No one's buying it. That's first of all. <laughs> Second, nice try, boys and you boys. did a video saying that <laughs> cops do not stand by this. Good cops do not stand by this. There was one nigga in the background in the NYPD. Mm. That means that none of the minorities are buying your bullshit that work for you mm -hmm. and are not supportive of the rhetoric you're trying to push. Because if they were, and if they did believe that all cops aren't bad people, and if they, they did believe that up. they shouldn't be yet defunded and that their job isn't useless, they would have showed up. This is their job after all, right? Mm -hmm. this is, these are your brothers in arms, right? Make it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> why, why? It's either, first of all, they don't support you, or, or I'm led to believe you whitewash the background to point a narrative that white cops aren't bad people. True. Which is equally as fucked up. So yeah, regardless yeah. of what you're saying, I'm not buying the bullshit. It's still another form of white supremacy. Once it's still again. another form, man. It's just, it, it just never ends. It never ends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you no, know, you know, what's the most fucked up though. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, the old man that was 75 years old that got pushed down in Buffalo oh, yeah. and he smashed his head. They said he by tripped. The police officers. Huh? They said he tripped. They no, they no, said no, 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 no. But listen, listen, listen. This is what the fucked up part is. Two police officers were initially suspended because now they've I think they've been charged now. But after they were initially suspended, 57 police officers resigned yep. Yep. because they wanted to stand in solidarity with those two motherfuckers yep. that literally pushed an old motherfucking man mm -hmm. and smashed his head. And on top of that, that old man has cancer. And, and now he's in a hospital with brain damage. On top of that, those officers made t-shirts to sell wow. to support the two that got charged. Yo, these so, people so, ain't so, shit. So they're saying now that he uh I don't know, I was I was seeing a tweet, I don't know if it's real or not, but he uh this nigga. He's, he's affiliated. Apparently, he's, they're trying to claim the he's old man. Yeah, the old man is affiliated with we the state. We all watched the video. At he the end was of the day, standing. He literally <laughs> you know pushed the old man. This nigga just pushed him like for no reason and I smashed his head. Blood came out of his ears immediately. Like that's fucking wild, bro. Wild. Bro. I've seen. Listen, it, it for black people. It has been a traumatizing two weeks. As much as it has been somewhat liberating, there have been mm -hmm. glimmers of light and hope and all that good stuff. There has been equal amount, if not more, trauma that I've watched all week. I seen a little kid in Chicago today get arrested for God knows what. Three cops dragging him while he's cuffed. Put him on the ground and put a bag over his head. I've seen old people getting pushed and shoved, people getting shot in the head with rubber boot, like, you name it. Seen it all this week. It's been a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, we've also been seeing a lot of change, like 
a lot of things are actually changing in real time. Um, yeah. And I will say that, like, at, at times like these, man, as hard as it is and as uncomfortable as it is to have these discussions to, to um, constantly almost seem like you're begging for people to just take your life seriously, um, you got to look at some of these positive moments <clears throat> and really lean into them. Like, for example, the record labels saying that they're going to ban the word urban, mm -hmm. which was like always code word for nigga. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's always been code word for niggas, so it's, it's dope to see them them say that, and them uh, like, especially when it comes to music and the way that they found or find rather ways to keep black people tunneled into a certain side. You know what I mean? Like calling it urban music is a way to divide it. I feel I feel like Alicia would be able to say this better mm -hmm. especially when it comes mm -hmm. to radio if something's in the urban market it doesn't usually cross over to the pop unless it gets to that point where it's like it's undeniable right yeah so which is a yeah. hurdle in itself and unfair mm -hmm. so what i read was that um when they decided to coin the word urban music or whatever they different terms that they use mm -hmm. um it was because they felt like black was too harsh of a word to use. And when it came to advertisers, when they saw the word black, they weren't okay with it. So they decided to use urban to like soften the blow. Um, but they didn't so, ask black people. This is the problem. Would blacks so the, the thing is, find is, it a problem thing, or would whites find it a problem? No, no, no. So the thing is, is that when they're attracting advertisers, like we got to be realistic, how many black businesses depending on where you are, mm -hmm. but say it's in like major markets where they get retailers like New York City, their advertisers are gonna be like McDonald's, like uh, big credit cards and banks and um, like mm -hmm. whatever, big huge brands that are ran by white people. These aren't black owned places, do you cool. know what I mean? So when you go and you present to them and pitch to them for their advertising dollars, because at the end of the day, all these radio stations, they need advertising dollars, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you say black music, they'll be like, oh, well, like that's too harsh. That's too much. Like, and they'll think that it, it focuses on only one demographic and that it's not inclusive of everybody. But at the end of the day, it's black culture, it's black musicians, it's black people that create this stuff. So it's like you, like who ever are in these positions, they need to be able to accept the word black and take it for what it is and be okay with it. Um, a lot of people just don't think that selling to black people is going to be beneficial for the companies. Which makes when no in reality, sense. we You're hold the, the most buying power. Three right? trillion. Black women they have, are. Three trillion. They have Latin, they have Latin music. So exactly. They, it's, you know, it's exactly. Just, it's, a, it's something that they did. And it's like, and the it's reason they have, sorry, go ahead. Great. Go ahead. I'm just saying like, it's not great because it's, it's pushing away from it. And I mean, like here in Toronto, like the urban music, it don't even, like flow doesn't fucking target black people. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the listeners really aren't black people. They're fucking white people that listen yeah. to that shit. But like when you go to the States and you're in cities like Detroit, DC, Houston, or whatever, it's like, they're actually black people that are consuming these radio stations. Mm -hmm. So why can't we call it just black music or whatever? Right? Like, why do we have to use the urban? Yeah. For because the white it's, cities? It's because they, it, it, black is a bad word for them, period. 
mm-hmm. black people are a bad word for them, period. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> they feel like because they can't say certain things in person that they can, they can't, you can't label it black. Like what Norm was saying with the Latin stuff. It's also has to do a lot with politics, believe it or not. Like the mm-hmm. amount of Latino people that are now in the States, the U S mm-hmm. market, someone, someone has to work with them. You know what I mean? Like there's, there are so many, there's more, was it California where there's more Latino people than white people? Now, um, I'm I'm not. Sh- I can't remember. Te- or te- Texas has more black and Hispanics than white. Yeah, like there there are large voting power now in the states and yeah. in, in certain states. In certain, so you kind of have areas to, for sure. Yeah, so you kind of have to cater to that demographic in a sense. Black people, they they first of all, majority of us can't vote in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority, but then that's a the lot same them, with Latinos because a lot of them are um like come from like Mexico like. There's a large amount of that come illegally, illegally. from Mexico, so they yeah. can't even yeah. fucking vote. But that's the yeah. that's the Mexicans. That's specifically the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. That that problem is more rampant. With other Latinos, go ahead, intern. What do you guys say? 2015 Latinos out uh, number whites in California. Yeah. 2015. See, like, oh, wow. they, so it's like they have a large voting power. So I feel like that is also a factor when it comes to like them being able to just call it Latin music. Also, we can't excuse white people's affinity with Latin culture. Like they have an affinity to black culture, but they don't have, I don't think the same horrible history that they have with blacks that they do with Latinos. I could be wrong with that. I've never heard of them having the same type of history of enslaving Latino people um, or any of that stuff to that extent especially not to the extent of black lives in America. You know well, what I cent- mean? Central America, maybe. Like, yeah. California and, and Texas, those were all, like, parts of Mexico, but America kind of took that shit over. A word? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, no they idea. have a very tumultuous relationship. relationship with Mexico. Yeah. Like, the indigenous people of Mexico, too. Like, it goes deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember one I, thing. One thing that I did realize, like just doing the radio thing, is that, um, like in Cali, like LA for sure, they be hiring so many Spanish people, and then like that's <laughs> it. And I was like, dang, can I get some black people up in that? Because even when uh, Nick Cannon, he just recently got a morning show out in LA, mm-hmm. and now it's syndicated. Um, but he, I think he's on Power, and. At first, they were, like, looking for people to hire, right? They yeah. were, like, they did the auditions. They put out the call-outs, and I was like, oh, I'm about to apply. And then I seen that all they hired was Spanish people. Like, the DJ Spanish, the girl co-host is Spanish, the guy is Spanish, and then there's Got to cater to the demographic, man. And I was like, damn. Yep. But, like, my friends have lived out in L.A. to do, like, the radio thing as well. And they're black, and they said, like, it's hard for a black girl to really work out there in specific, like, industries like radio um, or even, like, going to a club and stuff like that because they're cool with taking all the Spanish people. And I assume, like, me just being light-skinned, I would definitely get more privileges than her being Mm. dark-skinned. But, yeah, she was, like, it was so hard for her to just, like, be able to succeed because, bitch, if you do not speak Spanish and you don't look a little Spanish, then you're just not succeeding the way that... (laughs) 
other people will. Well, it's kind of like okay. I feel okay. like it's kind of like uh, like <laughs> the way like is this. I don't know if this is another part of uh, dismantling the systems that will be another phase. But I feel like we need a we need a ransack Tim Hortons, man. <laughs> Yo, it's too much favoritism. It's to too much favoritism. <laughs> the Tim Hortons I walked into does not reflect my community. <laughs> Yo, I don't know if you noticed this, but when you leave out of town and go to Tim Hortons out of town, they have better selections. Thank of you. Kimbits. Okay, talk uh, about it. Better selection of donuts, and so they're not they dry, and they're not spoiled. For real. Yo, you ever go to you ever go to a, a Tim Hortons in the hood? Uh, yeah. The one that's at my house. Regular. Worst. The worst. Uh, like upkeep. <laughs> they they barely clean the shit. Trust me. Trust me, man. It, it's very because I, I when you're talking about how they only hire Spanish people, I was thinking about that the entire time. I'm like, man, Tim Hortons. Oh, the, they, if the manager's brown, everybody mm -hmm. else is gonna be brown. No, but that's the same with Wendy's. My sister, Filipino. She's 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 trying to. <laughs> um, my sister's 19, but she tried to apply for Wendy's, right? So my mom, she'll go to this one Wendy's all the time, and I think like the manager is a customer for where my mom works. So she told her when she was driving her somewhere. She was like, yo, my daughter is like 18 years old. She's trying to get a job. And the manager's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, tell her to come to my, like, Wendy's location. Like, put her in a resume and we'll interview her, whatever. So my sister shows up. She had her hair braided at this time, too. Nice. So she shows up. Blackity and black. And she submit. She was like, hi. Like, I was told you guys were hiring. And the girl looks her up and down and was like, no, we're not. And my sister's really shy, so she's just like, okay, and she's just like, please. <laughs> but like, yo, the manager two days before just told my mom to tell that they are hiring and told yeah. her to pull up, right? And so I think the next day I ended up going out and I was with my sister and we went to the Wendy's through the drive-thru and I was like, I ordered my food. I was like, hey, I have a question. I see a sign. Are you guys hiring? And they're like, yeah, we're hiring all the time. I was like, bruh. Y'all just, my sister walked in with her resume and everything, wow. dog. And y'all wow. told her that Is she was Is your sister darker than you? No, no, no. She's just as light. She's just as light? Yeah. But, but her hair was braided. Yeah. And yours was not. I mean, no. Like, I just asked in general if they were hiring. Well, what was your my hair, hair wasn't like? in, um, mm. in braids or anything, but I just asked. And That's really key information, just, unfortunately. Yeah, it does. It does, <laughs> unfortunately, sure. that's key information as a black person. These are the questions that we have to ask. But was her hair braided? Oh, yeah. okay, that yeah. makes sense. Like, fuck that, that definitely shit. Could have been a reason, but then it's also like you look at all the employees at the location, and they're all like brown. They're all uh, listen. This has been a week of I'm seeing the internet tackling and creating new normals because this it's been too long, and I never really like took it in because I, I'm like, this is just life. <laughs> this is what life is. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, you don't even really think about why you're saying things anymore. It's just a programmed response. There's too many mm -hmm. times where it's like, Oh, what, what was her here? Like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Then she should have went straight here. You know, you yeah. know how but those, why? you know how those guys are. And it's like, That's we stupid. shouldn't have to fucking that. say that shit. <laughs> Like the the days of that whole like you you know how those people are or you know how they they get like those days should be done man those days should be done you're seeing it start with cops you know how mm -hmm. cops are even like we'll just get into this from from now because this is a great segue the Mark Wahlberg news 
that I've been hearing over the past mm-hmm. week has been pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Wahlberg, uh, he put out a tweet saying um, Black Lives Matter and uh, just like a rest in peace to George Floyd. And people, I guess, started looking into his past and found that this guy has a slew of hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Not just crimes or moments of racism, like actual hate crimes that he was charged for. Um, when he was 15, he, him and a group of white men hurled rocks and shouted, kill that nigger, kill that nigger, at a group of mostly black fourth grade students. Uh, two years later, when he was 16, he attacked a Vietnamese American man while trying to steal alcohol and then punched another one in the face while fleeing the scene. And Mm -hmm. one of those men went blind. He did prison time for that. And he was yelling racial slurs while during the beating as well. He said he was high when it happened. And um, I guess he he was arrested and charged with attempted murder, convicted of assault and served 45 days in prison for attempted murder Mm. and, and convicted assault. And I really have every reason to believe is because his victim was Asian. Oh, wow. Oh, and, and his older brother was Donnie Wahlberg. And his older brother was... And was he Donnie Wahlberg at that time, though? Donnie Wahlberg was on his way up. What t- uh, what year? They, those guys, when Donnie Wahlberg was like 19, 20, or like 20 years old when, when Newton's on the block was popping. Well, y- what year so was that? Wasn't that 90s? Yeah, it was in the Let's 80s, see. even. 80s 80s i had yeah. no idea there were i had no idea new kids on the block was around in the 80s when did marky mark and the funky bunch make good vibrations that's the real that's that the was, real question that was at the decline of new kids on the block intern look that up for me marky mark and the funky bunch good vibrations i need a release date because these things happened at 15 and new 16. kids on the block 90 86 i guess was on their first album came out 1986? Yeah. So the year he first got, okay. All right. Marky Mark was 89. 89. 80 fucking nine. This bitch ass nigga was yelling, kill that nigga two years before making good vibrations. Feel it, feel it. (laughs) Dog. We, we, listen. We really got to do good vibrations came out 91. Anytime good vibrations came out when like he started as a rapper in 89, in 89. And a big hit came out later on two in years later after good that vibrations. Yeah. Okay. Wait, Mark Wahlberg was a rapper. What? Yeah. What? Alicia. <laughs> it's just a good vibrations. Sensations. No, we're not gonna we're not gonna feel we're not gonna say his it. parts. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. But um You learn something wow. every day. Wow. Making money and off niggas a couple key. years after stoning niggas is crazy. That's and I look he like Mark Wahlberg. Do you know what I mean? I like, like this nigga. Like he was doing like, have you ever watched his story about his mom and shit? And like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Like, was it a TV show? I just remember watching him and his family and his mom and his Wahlburger restaurant and his movies and shit. And I'm just like, I like this nigga. 
And then you find out this shit. He hated it's niggas so that became just, a nigga. Like, that's crazy. I just showed my nephew. I know this was a terrible thing. He's five years old, but I showed him a scene of Ted because he loves this little teddy bear. And then I showed oh, him a scene of Ted. I can't watch Ted again. God damn. Sorry. <laughs> what? I can't watch Ted. <laughs> right and, and, and I, I showed it to him and and it was, it was there was a cussing scene and he was dying of laughter and i was like yo you know you can't say that to your adult just you could laugh at it right now all you want but don't just don't repeat it so he's just and like, now you tempted him <laughs> now he's gonna be like now he's the, the, word? the forbidden the fruits <laughs> But, but now he like he took screenshots on my phone while he was watching while I was in the bathroom of like Mark Wahlberg and the teddy bear and I'm just like oh man this kid loves Mark Wahlberg <laughs> you just fucked him up <laughs> you just messed him up man somebody now, somebody told know, me like and I was talking about it on Twitter and someone was just like well you know he's from Boston what did you expect. And it's like, this is what I'm talking about, man. Like, these excuses can no longer happen. Like, it's mm-hmm. nuts that, that, you know how long I've been hearing that too? Like, a Boston Celtics, a team will go to the, the um, to Utah or the Celtics, and someone will call them a nigger, and it'll make, make headline news, and people will just be like, nigga, it's fucking Utah. What did you expect? It's Boston. What did you expect? Now it's 2020. What's happening? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we focusing on who's saying it and not the why and what time we're in when they're saying it? Like that, it's crazy. Like I really started thinking about it this week. How absolutely insane and ludicrous it is that we live, walk, breathe, live with, and and engage daily with racists and are perfectly okay with it. I, Accepted mm-hmm. it as this is life. Yeah, Fuck it that. really hit me Fuck this week. Like We've it's- been conditioned to be like, this is just a part of life, and we just gotta kind of deal with it. And it shouldn't be like that. Like all the even microaggression in work and shit like that. Like me walking in with straight hair and these white guys being like, "Your hair, like, oh my god, it just looks so pretty." And then just this and this, like, "Bitch, my hair was pretty before. You just don't get it." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely nuts. Like when I when you really think about it, man, it's it's ridiculous. Norm One thought thing of a joke. I'm happy is that I already watched Spencer Confidential, so I already that? got to enjoy it. Spencer Confidential is on uh, Netflix and it was actually good. I liked it. I've and never heard Mark of that. Wahlberg is in it. Nope, not doing it. We're not promoting this. What are you doing? Maybe she's just a clown girl. What's happening here? I'm Nah. No more entourage. I'm bleeping no that more. in the post. <laughs> I'm bleeping out the whole name. <laughs> Fuck that nigga. We ain't giving him no coins. One thing I'm pissed about is Four Brothers. I can't watch that shit. Fuck Four Brothers. Except for uh, Maestro Fresh West. Shout out to Maestro Fresh West. <laughs> oh, man. We got to cancel Maestro Fresh West. This nigga. <laughs> ah, oh, God. Yes. That nigga fresh with a racist. Ah. I can't let the backbone slide now. This is Wait, crazy. So, I really have a question much, in regards to this. So he was like 15 when he did this, right? Um, when, 16, yes. And now he's a big, big man. I don't big, know how old he is. Big, probably big in his 50s. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not saying he's cha- he hasn't changed now. Yeah. How? What I'm, 
I gotta he get, has done some fucked up shit. I gotta put him on timeout for at least fifteen years. Oh, that's a long ass. <laughs> time. That was how long he that. had to realize <laughs> that he shouldn't be doing that shit, and he did it anyways. I gotta what, give him fifty. What I'm trying to say is like, who do we allow, and who when do we allow grace to these people if they've done something when they were younger, like? Like, what are the rules to this? We because talk about this every week. People that did shit when they were like 10 years old. And did, did, Malcolm, we, did Malcolm we talk, X do some shit? Did and, he get some charges? Listen, we, we talk about this every week. And especially uh, this week, that was a huge, huge topic on the timeline because certain colorist tweets uh, were exposed mm-hmm. to the public uh, in Toronto Twitter. And there was um, a lot of people just like, confused and conflicted because a lot of them were friends with the person that was accused Mm -hmm. and and the screenshots came out of and some people for some people it would seem that he has done the work to change um his perspective and his life right um but for others i guess there there wasn't enough evidence that they had seen and so it was and plus, he's a public figure. He's he's starting to make his na- um, name in like the social media space, and so people are like, "Why am I supporting this guy? Like, I don't even think he's changed." And yada yada yada. And uh, the things that he said were pretty disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. th- there's no question about it. He was making well, dark I didn't skin. See the tweets, but he was making dark skin um, jokes, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Um, I guess in I- two thousand. Like early, like years and years ago, I think 2012 or something to that effect. So like his early 20s, and I'm assuming he's like yeah. my age, so like 30. He was 20 years old apparently when he had tweeted the things. Oh. Um, and so a lot of people were like, "Well, he was an adult; he knew it was wrong at that time and whatnot." Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about Twitter and the wild, wild west that it was at one <laughs> point. We cannot deny that, and. Also, I think people are forgetting past um, immaturity and lack of education. Mm -hmm. There was a constant need for attention in the earlier days of social media. People might say that there's a need for attention now, but I feel like it's way more dormant now. There's a lot more people who don't care for social media, a lot Mm -hmm. more people who check it once in a while, whereas when Twitter was first coming out, when Facebook was first coming out, all these things were first coming out, it presented new opportunities for people and people were including myself doing whatever they could and saying whatever they could, especially on Twitter to get attention and to get followers or to make people laugh Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, I know I've said some things that I have definitely regret and I don't even Mm -hmm. remember. That's the thing. It's like looking back at some of these tweets, you don't even remember where you were why you tweeted it, what was the catalyst. Like, so it's hard to even really apologize for some people when they don't even remember why they did it in the first place. And, but people are so heavily affected by the comments. They can't possibly see how something you said that was that disgusting. Mm -hmm. Couldn't stick out in your mind for you to know why you tweeted it. You know what I mean? And even in my more harmless tweets, tweets that just, completely harmless i'm like why did i even say that why did i tweet that at that time what was the point and it's Mm -hmm. like you can't it's it there's a certain amount of 
I don't know how much years back you can go back and and re- remember why you saw tweets. For me, I think the cutoff was like 2016, 17. Around there, I start I stop remembering why I said a certain tweet. I'll see tweets in like old history or whatever, or someone will like a very old tweet for I don't even know what reason. <laughs> and I'll be like, why did I even tweet that at the time? And I'll have no recollection. So I, it's very difficult. It's a lot easier to apologize for something you did recently and are fully aware of why you tweet it and you can be held culpable and accountable for all those reasons. Um, but what is like, what is, I think that number of what is the amount of time we should allow. Mm -hmm. It's just relative to whoever, because at the end of the day, everyone doesn't have to forgive you. No one has to forgive you. People, a lot of, especially for dark skinned black women have faced scrutiny their entire lives way past even what a black man has faced. Mm -hmm. Right. And as a black man, knowing what I've faced in my life and knowing what other people have faced who are darker than me, I know I have a privilege as, as a lighter-skinned black man, and mm-hmm. I'm pissed. I'm fucking frustrated. I'm livid. I want to shoot up shit and break shit. So what can someone who literally time mm-hmm. and time again has been told by society... You're shit. You're nothing. You're not worth it. You never have been. But at the same time, telling you you're strong enough to take all these beatings. Yeah. That complex of telling someone that and ingraining that in them their entire lives. If someone sees someone say anything, especially, especially a black man that they stick up for constantly time and time again, say something Mm -hmm. that is hurtful for them. It it feels like betrayal. Yeah, it's almost I, worse than a white man saying it because a white man, you know, doesn't understand your plight. If mm-hmm. a black man is saying it, it understands what you go through and, and is saying that kind of stuff. I, I don't blame anyone for not forgiving somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is and you don't know what hurt you caused at that time. That's the other problem. People saw that at that time. They might not even remember when you tweeted it or why you tweeted it, but they remember that hurt when they saw it and it resurfaces every time it comes back out. And so in terms of grace period, that's, I feel like it's super relative, super yeah. relative. One thing, one thing I will say, cause, um, my friend, she sent me something of another guy, not the same one that you're just talking about another one who has made comments that, um, I followed on like Instagram and it was mainly because I don't give a fuck about him and I've unfollowed him, but he was like my cousin's friend. And I guess he had tweets talking about like dark skinned women and shit like that. And I was just like, bro, are you really surprised? Like, I am not surprised at any of these. And I don't know if that's like a sad thing or what. I'm just like, I am not surprised that this man right here tweeted those things. Because if you look at who he associates with himself, who he brings to his parties, the women that he dates, it's like, it's evident that he doesn't like give a fuck about black women, period. Right. And for me, it's just like, like that is why I'm never going to go and break my back specifically for like more for black men in Canada, because I don't know what it is 
like black men will come from the Caribbean and think that they just need somebody that is not black. And I feel like it's more extra. Like I know in certain states in the South, there are black men that really pride themselves on having a black wife, girlfriend, et cetera. Then there's other ones that don't. But even if they don't, like some, they still respect them because they know that their mothers, their sisters are uh, black women, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that but, on a lot. You can't say that for because that that problem exists in America heavily as well. Like that's a no, no, huge I'm saying it does, problem. I'm not saying America. that it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that there are certain men, like regions, and I feel like sometimes in the South where men are more proud to like you know be a but whole you gotta black look at history. Quote unquote, thing. You gotta look at history for that. There's a reason, mm -hmm. especially especially in the South, why that would be probably way more expected than anywhere else um, simply because of what they went through specifically um, during slavery times and, and even coming up through that and trying to build up themselves. There's a lot of self-reliance. Mm -hmm. Like it, the blacks in the North had help from outside sources. Blacks in the South had each other. That's it Yeah. for a lot of these things. So there's a very stark difference in loyalty because of history. And what mm -hmm. they've that what they've been through, like yeah. especially even just the type of work you're talking about, like the hard labor work that they did in the South was a lot different than the textile work that they were doing in the North. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, it's just there's just so many variables that that account for that. But I also like even in Toronto, I know a lot of black men who have never, and actually are disgusted when you bring it up <laughs> that why you know you don't like anybody other than black girls, right? personally like the ones that i like they're there's just a large percent of black men here that i find will like either like people that are white like asian spanish uh arabic arabic is a big one they be loving them girls and or like really light-skinned girls and i think it's like sick like all the comments when i think back of like these guys t saying stuff to me like oh you're light-skinned but you're light-skinned because you're light-skinned and it's like what does that have to do with it? And now at my big age, if a man ever says that to me and I have like confronted men or like even stopped talking to men, like if they ever came to me and was like, oh, it's because you're light skin or some shit like that. No, 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 no. We're done. Like yeah. whatever you think is done, because listen, if you're a black ass and me made a baby, our baby is most likely going to be darker than me. And then what you going to put those same stupid mentality that you have on my child. No, you're not doing that. Because my child's going to be beautiful no matter what complexion, range of complexion that they end up as. Let me ask you this. Was there ever a time where black men, given the options, because mm -hmm. you have to take that into account, especially living in Toronto, you have options with race, right? Yeah. Very varied options. And was there a time when there was options where black men didn't date outside their race? Like I don't, I can't point to a time when there was options since heavy, like blatant racism was happening since mm -hmm. that time. And with more inclusion, more immigration, all that other stuff, I've seen it across the table. I've seen black men. And that's the other thing is like, there's a narrative that, especially with black celebrities, I see mm -hmm. a lot of black women say that black men don't date black women when they become celebrities. When if you literally just Google black couples in Hollywood, you're seeing hundreds. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't I don't get that argument. I feel like a lot of times people are focusing mm. on on 
the outside, the other, as mm-hmm. opposed to focusing on those things like black people dating black people. And on the other hand, I don't see why any why that's anyone's business yeah. or anyone like if they're not dating you, mm-hmm. why are you concerned with other people who other people are dating? Regardless yeah. of if they're lost, whatever, let them be lost on mm-hmm. by themselves. If it I'm, has nothing to do with you, I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, I'm mixed, so like I really don't care who you date, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like I have a white ass mother and a black ass dad. I don't care whether it is, but it's like these whole like pushing the agenda of a certain color is better than the other. Yeah. Or like making another person feel less than because of their color is yeah. is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't appreciate that. And that's why like for me, like I I would never now, I would never want to be in a relationship with a man that thinks the color of my skin makes me better than somebody else Mm -hmm. like because that's stupid you don't know how genetics is gonna happen and i do not want my fucking daughter to have like grow up thinking like if she's dark thinking she's not like less good enough that she's less than that's where the only that's where the problem lies with me the only problem that you should have is someone outwardly pushing a narrative or Mm -hmm. outwardly bashing someone because they're not the skin tone that they like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that's the only... If someone is going about their business... And I was watching a video about this the other day. Um, the argument was, are you pro-black pro if you're in an interracial relationship? Right? Mm-hmm. And to me, the two aren't connected unless you're bashing your own race while dating outside of your race. If you're mm-hmm. bashing black women while being a black man and that's your defense for why you're with this person... Mm-hmm. That's absolutely nuts. You should be stoned in the streets. Like that's it's ancient yeah. thinking. But if you are with someone and just genuinely, especially in Toronto, there are too many opportunities to just genuinely make a connection with someone. That yeah. if I make a connection with someone that is not a black woman, I should now suppress those feelings because of the cause. Like that's nuts. Like who's even really thinking that upon getting attraction to someone? I talk with someone, we have a great conversation. I'm attracted to them. Mm-hmm. My first thought is, ah, oh, but black people. Like that, yeah. to me, that's nuts. And I understand that there is a need in the black community to further black lives and to create more black lives. Mm-hmm. But me having a mixed race child does not make them any mm-hmm. less black. That mm-hmm. child will come out black because I'm black. You know what I mean? Like that child will be treated as a black man because I'm black. My partner Mm -hmm. will have to learn what that dynamic is because I'm black. The blackness doesn't change because I'm dating someone outside my race. And if you think it is, then that is where the colorism is because my child isn't dark enough now. My my kid isn't black. Like there are there are plenty of like mixed people who are fairer than me with straighter hair than me or um like babies that only have like a quarter black or whatever that do not claim black at all and they they live off of their white privilege they will not really if you're white and black yeah. until they need to feel like they need to fit in or something mm-hmm. like, oh yeah but i am black like i have a quarter or i'm half but i just have straight hair or some shit like that so like there are some people and it's been evident. Like I always try to like stand up cause I want 
to feel like mixed people claim that they're black, but it's been evident over the last week that there's way too many people, influencers and athletes and shit like that, that be preaching that whole I'm biracial with those posts. Like I'm a black woman, I'm a black man. They be adding in I'm biracial, I'm mixed. I fucking mixed, hate but that challenge. I'm like, fuck you. Like, don't post that it then. You're fucking black. This You're I am a than black me, okay? king. You're black. The, all the, <laughs> every nigga that I saw join that I am the black, I am a black king. I am a black, <laughs> I'm a black man, Chen. All of them are, there's a certain, I'll put it this way. There's a certain type of person that was it, it, joining that, that challenge from my end. There is a certain type of guy. I'm not even, I think women have now started. I, I don't even know too much about the woman challenge one, but for the guys, <laughs> There's a certain type of guy that was posting that challenge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'll let y'all make the, <laughs> the connection yourself mm -hmm. later on. Yeah. But yo, <laughs> yeah. fam, oh, I'm seeing this and I'm like, you are not like... using the cause for this, my brother. This is not the time. A lot. Yo, some of them, the challenge says specifically in caps, in caps, only you a picture oh. of only you niggas were posting seven eight pictures some of them with with girls <laughs> with kids like i'm like did you guys even read the caption yeah, or did you just want to post some selfies because that that seemed like the safe way to get off selfies during a time of oppression where people are judging you for posting selfies that's what it looked like <laughs> to me Personally. He's like, let me let me get all my best photos and post it all together. Now. Listen, it looked like it, not even just that one individual, just everyone collectively. It looked mm. like, oh, I want to get these po selfies off, but ah, people are gonna judge me right now. It's a Black Lives Matter thing, so, so let me. And so whoever started that, I'm pretty sure they were the cause. They were hey, the reason. I follow suit. Okay, <laughs> I have my little Kaepernick shirt on with his little coat. And that I took makes myself sense, a cute though. little photo. And let me tell you, it got a nice little amount of likes. So <laughs> but that makes that. sense. That makes I sense. My, I got my fit off. <laughs> <laughs> it's on brand. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Niggas are posting sure, themselves sure in the fucking true religion. I made sure I quoted him and I made sure I tagged his like, your rights, know your rights camp. Oh, man. So that we keep this movement going. <laughs> Listen, speaking of drip. Did you guys Wait, see? I don't know. Nor I think Norman Norm in Norm had something to say. Did you uh, have something to add? He kept going like this. I felt bad. I didn't even see him do that. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, I think I think it was it was talking about the mixed race relationships and mm -hmm. whatnot. Yeah. And like, as a man so, that likes black women, how does that affect you? Well, here's the thing. I like all women. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that black women like me in return. So talk your shit. But I would love to date all races. Mm -hmm. But based off what is was presented to me, uh, and, and just through life and, and whatnot, it's it's a lot of black women as of late in, mm -hmm. in my later years of life. But when I when I was thinking about where I would want to move, if I was to move to another country, to another city, I had to think to myself, Trinidad. Where would women like an Asian dude? Where can I go? And and Trinidad Jamaica. was one of those places. Jamaica was one of those places. Yeah. The fact that I had to think about it, and and the majority of that led to black people and black women. Mm -hmm. I was like, 
yeah, have an affinity it's not even Asia. Like I can't even like as a Filipino man. Mm. Like I can't go to Taiwan, China, Japan, all these places in Asia wow. as an Asian man and have them desire me because wow. I'm jungle Asian. Wow. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not the light skin uh you know, pearly white Asian Asian. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing, colorism affects all different walks of life. It's not even just mm-hmm. black people. It's a huge problem in black people mostly because it was designed that way mm. like off the rip, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not too, is it structured? Was it designed and structured that way in the Asian community very early on? Like, could you pinpoint a time where it started? Like we could pinpoint slavery. Like we can start from the 1600s for black people. I think it comes down to, uh, colonization and, and, and the indigenous people, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And when you think of dark, you think of the indigenous people and then Mm -hmm. colonization of the Spaniards when they came through, you know, that's when it all started. I wonder if so, indigenous people just wanted to fuck them up and say, get the fuck out of here. And that's why the, like, the beef started. Because I feel like there's, I feel like course. I would try diplomacy first. I feel like my first instinct isn't to shoot someone where I just landed on where they live. Well, there's a, there's a story about like this warrior named Lapu Lapu. Like once, like there was these ships that came out, uh, that docked and this like captain just came off ship and, and he just cut his head off, like off rip. Didn't even say hi. He just walked up. What if he thought he was yo-yo. a ghost? What was that? What if he thought he was a ghost or like a spirit or something? You've yeah, never seen like... a white man in your life. That'd be scary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you got to think of it this way. Like what the hell is even, this? Even black people who started the world, when they had albino children, they would leave them in the forest because oh, wow. no. they thought they they didn't they didn't understand it. There's no Google. There's no evidence of other white black kids you know what i mean like you're just like yo this is a, this is a demon or something dog yo take it away like <laughs> and that's how that's how it all began really that's how i always used to say marlon you remember like i always just think that was my theory yeah no but because it's because like the the white the original white person would be the they, they, they were the oppressed <laughs> they were the oppressed at that at that point in time and we were the kings. We were kings. <laughs> we were the they ones were. running shit. And they, we, they were shunned and sent up north to the cave. Yes, the Caucasus Mountains. Where, one would say, mm. where they plotted and where they said, <gasps> we, "We will look. never again be." I'm kill me a nigger. <laughs> one day we will be supreme. Do you think they? Had, they you think they invented the word nigger in the mountains? <laughs> do you think that like they just it's a, what would we call them <laughs> well then it was negus negus right? yes it... yeah 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 back then at that time that's crazy imagine like nigger is like a word we use often but back in the day that's what the word was but it's like a word that's like just normal like and <laughs> or the <laughs> we're gonna find out one day that the or and has been nigger all along <laughs> watch everything like, I, I think everything's the funniest, coming one of the up funniest, alive one of the funniest tweets i seen was um on the crayons after they put their like black lives matter statement oh my God. somebody took the picture of it saying negro on a black one but like that's how you say it or I don't know how the ax, like, accent comes mm. out, but in Spanish, Negro Neg- is black. Yeah. <laughs> and Neg- someone was like, y'all got to explain it to do. They oh, were, you gosh. know, that's how you say it in Spanish. They're like, well, cancel a whole Spanish language. <laughs> 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 the hilarious. only way Spanish people can talk now is if they put up like flames, like fire signals and shit. I was just like, y'all are crazy. 
<laughs> oh, there, there was a uh, a black uh, my boy Natish Sakuja has a joke about black toothpaste and how in the Spanish it was uh, I guess it was described as Negro Intenso <laughs> like <laughs> Negro Intenso like, oh, I, see, man, I remember you told me about this yeah I was like whoa that's Jesus. But no, there's oh, a... Call the popos, ho. Call the popos. Oh. God damn. <laughs> Is the crime beside you in the room? It's Parkdale, man. <laughs> oh my my window's right, right, right beside this main strip. Oh, man. Um, I hear it all, man. Speaking I hear of, the crackheads speaking calling of crayon, like a, like a morning cock-a-doodle-doo. Speaking of crayon, we got um the allegedly... I don't know if it's been proven. I'm not too sure where the source is. Uh, intern, look if you can find the source. The first painting they're saying of Jesus. The first actual painting of Jesus and some of his disciples has surfaced. And mm. this nigga black. <laughs> Pull up. You guys Didn't got we picture? already know that? I'll show you all a picture. We knew that. We knew that, Alicia. We knew that. We all knew that. Come on now. Me, you, and Matt knew that. <laughs> hey, I thought he was, thought he was Chinese. <laughs> Here's a picture. Let's see if you got y'all can see it. Hold up. Oh, he a nigga. That nigga Somalian. <laughs> He's Somalian. He is. No, dead ass. He looks Somalian. This. I'm yeah, so serious. All his boys look Somali. He ain't gonna be an African African. He gonna be like you know. One of them's looking up at him saying "Wallahi" right now. They, hey, they speak of of Somali in the Bible all the time. So do they? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this. What do you yeah. mean they speak of it all the time? Saying what? Yeah. Well, Google it. <laughs> they, they speak of going to the land of Somalia and the Somali. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. That's amazing. He dead ass looks Somali in this. Like, real shit. He looked like Snoop Dogg a little bit. Hmm? Oh my God, Snoop Dogg Jesus. Snoop Dogg Jesus Christ? Yeah. You wouldn't be surprised if Snoop was the second coming of Christ? Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Snoop's about to vote for the president for the first time. Did he? Yeah, what was his name? Snoop definitely tried to make some gospel. Snoop Christ. Snoop Christ? Nah. (laughs) <laughs> that's the that's the title of the episode, Snoop Christ. Yes, he has a song called "Blessing Me Again." That's just Snoop. That's Snoop Lion, though. I don't know. It just says Snoop Dogg. Anyways, all I know is Jesus lived at Albion Road. Um, Bible of Love producer Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Jesus lived at Albion Road. <laughs> no, that asked my mom and my sister are gonna have to answer for this because we had a lot of white Jesus paintings in the house. They need to go. I would hang this over my dinner table when I grow up. <laughs> this is the one that's going to be hanging in my house. This specific one. Yeah. And Jesus had drip, too. You can, y'all didn't see the coordination, man. Boy, got the orange with the with the yellow. Ooh. Look at that robe. Okay. What's that? Why did I just think of uh, Nancy, whatever her name is, pulling up in the kente? <laughs> Nancy Pol- Police? I don't know what her last know. name is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Playing up in the... The Those American politicians showing up in Kentu cloth was so fucking funny for no... Like, it was so disrespectful, but at the same time, it looked hilarious. Like, it, because especially it because... Just- of it was all an the memes in the movie, or it was a, it was a scene of like an actual movie. That's what they were mm-hmm. filming. 
No, no, no. I'm oh, saying there was like a movie that had it has something like that, an actual like an actual scene where the parents came out rocking the same shit. It looked like an no, SNL. No, no, I think they, I think yeah, it looked like an video. SNL music video parody. <laughs> like that shit was wild, bro. I think, what, I think what Norma was talking about is that um, for Get Out when they found out I haven't even watched Get Out, but I think I seen somebody Photoshop the cloth on the parents when the parents were going to meet the black guy for the No, but he's talking about an actual oh. movie. Oh, you st- you thought that was real. It's oh, real, yeah. I'm the worst, man. I'm Damn, like, you were old. That's why I was like, no, I, I think I seen that. <laughs> but what sucks, like, I had a feeling... I had a feeling this was true. I don't know if you guys know what CBC is, not the CBC that we have here in Canada, but the CBC in the States is the uh, the Black Caucus, um, which is essentially an organization of just like black folks, right? Mm. And they were the ones, CBC gave Nancy and her squad the fucking cloth. So for me, it's just like, bro, y'all are the ones that gave her this. Like you gave her that idea. Maybe they, maybe they just wanted her to look stupid. Maybe. Maybe because I can't see them being that stupid. No way. That's incredibly tone deaf. Especially, you know why it was especially funny? It's because niggas have been photoshopping Kentu cloth hats on everyone everyone for the past (laughs) two years. (laughs) Anytime someone says anything blackity black or like some sort of conspiracy (laughs) theory that was black, that Kentu cloth has been there. No one would have known what the fuck was going on. Had those memes it's, not existed, you know, like this yeah, is my favorite one, Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin one. with a chain and the hat. Stone Cold Steve Austin stuck up for us years ago, and now it's resurfacing. Uh, an old Facebook post where he told someone, "Well, well, old lives don't matter until Black Lives Matter, son of a bitch," and that's the bottom line. <laughs> I was like, "Oh Jesus!" And everybody since then was, was like, "Oh though. shit, the rattlesnake fuck with the Black Lives." Okay. <laughs> Which is crazy because he's in fucking Austin, Texas. Like yeah, Texas, a be a racist ass place. He's a self-proclaimed. He's a yeah, self-proclaimed he's like, like a redneck, in the redneck community, right? So Not him. anymore Yo. until they see the the fucking Black Lives Matter this post, is... and then him on top of that talking about gay rights and shit. Mm. He went off saying like, "You can marry whoever you want to do. Like I'm not judging you." This so is... for sure, he is no longer the leader of the rednecks. This is definitely what I wanted to get into right here. What you guys are saying, so. Norm said it, right? Like, he is the leader of the Rednecks. And I, it, it just made me think this week, like, okay. Not first, the leader, a leader. A like, leader. Like, people look up to Yeah, of course, they definitely do. But um, this week, I have seen people I would never, and companies I would never think would speak up and even utter the words Black Lives Matter. Um, mm-hmm. Say it in droves this week, and in, in mm-hmm. droves this week. It's been culture shock to say the least. First, I saw the NFL players um, make a compilation video where a lot of their top players, top black players, all made a video saying "Black Lives Matter." Essentially, and we condemn the violence and police brutality. They said every victim's name. They were like, like "Yeah," every, and they were like, "Well, what will it matter when it's my life?" Yeah, like, yeah. That's when I was like, whoop. And <laughs> when I think about like what Colin Kaepernick went through for two years, the kneeling that he he did, and the ex- like he blatantly said in every interview, this is about police brutality. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He constantly said it. He had a meeting with uh, a veteran 
who the veteran had first seen him on TV and was offended at first and then thought about it some more and said, you know what, let me reach out to him. And Col Colin Kaepernick returned his message and said, yeah, let's talk. And they sat down and spoke. And the veteran was the one that said, okay, I get it now. But instead of sitting down, because that's what Colin Kaepernick was doing before, instead of sitting down, why don't you kneel down? Because when we visit our fallen soldiers at cemeteries, they kneel mm -hmm. down. When one of our players are injured on the field, we all kneel down together. When you pray, you kneel down. It's a sign of respect, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't you kneel? And <clears throat> we know what ensued from that, right? And that was just one person speaking up. And a, and a couple of football players here and there that would kneel at the anthem for a short yeah. amount of time, and then it just all died out, right? So now you have the players who usually never have a voice in that league. We've talked about it multiple times. Mm -hmm. All making a video. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is a key part of that video as well um, because he is the arguably one of the best football players in the world right now. Mm -hmm. You have NFL do that. Then Roger Goodell, the president of the NFL, goes and makes an apology video saying essentially we are wrong. Let me see if I can find this for you. Hold up. Play this for y'all because this, this was wild to me. Dumbasses. It's been a difficult time for our country, in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. Super wild for me. Super wild. We hear you talking, boo, but we... Alicia was ready to, to diss the NFL and the FBI has cut her out of the talk. That's incredible. Wow. All right. Okay. Wow. All right. Damn. Moving right along. Um, <laughs> so those Toronto protests, uh, real peaceful. Um, we love cops. Um, now that they're gone. <laughs> um, the NFL, I feel in a sense, got strong-armed. I think the players privately threatened to sit or privately threatened some form of action um, that led to this apology because it didn't come until after that player compilation video. And majority of those players are top players in the NFL. Big money behind those names, right? And so I saw that. I said, interesting. Okay. Timing, I'm, man. It's all timing. 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 Also... Also, we're not gonna argue. We're not gonna argue about the fact that, first of all, the NFL is America's sport, and by America, for the most part, it's white America. Um, and so this will be very visible. Even when the NFL players did it, I was like, "Wow, a lot of their fans are not gonna be pleased." And the the comments reflected that. If you go into all those players' comment sections that posted the video. You're seeing the racism. You're seeing the all lives matter rhetoric. All that shit, right? Now, 
couple of days later, I see Pornhub make a statement about black lives. And I'm like, that don't even make sense, my nigga. You have black women being raped on your site. You have black women being called nigger. Black men being called nigger. Nigger dick, nigger this, nigger that. You have a show called Blacked on your shit where white girls fuck black guys. Like, race. So, we talked about it plenty of times on this show how porn we feel is secretly one of the, the, the maintainers of this racist bullshit that goes on because porn there's is the number one, one consumed. Bla- there's a new one called Blacktism. Like, this is what I'm talking about. They fetishize <laughs> black men nonstop on these porno sites. They degrade and fetishize black women on these sites as well. And they, they are the number one most consumed thing on the internet. And so you're leading a narrative in a sense. You know what I mean? And for you to come out and say black lives matter and we're going to ch- start changing some things, I'm like, that's, that could potentially lose you dollars. That's very interesting. Okay, cool. Interracial is a big thing for them. It's a whole they, fucking genre. Money for them. It's a whole genre. It's a whole thing for them. Cuckold. A whole cuck, thing for yeah, them. Cuckold is BBC. First, my first BBC. Black dick worship. You name it. All right. It's a big market. Ebony. It's a big market. Now, the last straw for my theory, because I have a theory after all this. <laughs> you know me with the conspiracies. The last straw for me today was seeing a NASCAR camp compilation. NASCAR drivers saying that they condemn racism, saying that black lives matter. And I'm here like, that ain't even your demo. (laughs) That ain't even your target audience. That's not your big sellers. Why even care, right? It's not one of your top athletes. Nobody even in the video. I don't. I never watched the full thing, but I didn't see no black people in it. So it's not like you have black drivers that are less demanding justice. It's all the sponsors, man. All is, the sponsors that put the sp- their their things all over the cars. Mm-hmm. They're they're reflective of the of the league, and if the league looks like shit, and if they're tied to anything racist, mm-hmm. which they already are, like underneath it all but like overarching yeah if they make this statement it's it's all to save face exactly. so that they can continue to get the money from the sponsors for all these cars that's one way of looking at it for sure that's definitely one way of looking at it how i looked at it's it it's money it's dollars how i looked at it was way worse than that sir <laughs> i think where is alicia <laughs> hold on <laughs> where is yeah, alicia i'm just i'm kind of scared i'm trying to <laughs> Yo, did the FBI really take her out? What's going on right now? (laughs) Like, what is happening? Alicia! Um, I'm going to post the link for her one more time. See if she gets it. I don't know. But, um... Oh, yes. Where were we? My theory. The theory. The theory. Now, the NFL, NASCAR, Pornhub. What do they all have in common? Owners? Probably. Probably related. <laughs> I don't know. It's all a large money. 
it's, it, it all is very visible to white people. Very visible to white people, right? Things that white people hold very dearly to their hearts. They're treasured. Now, there has been talks about the government and the police inciting a race war. But what if these companies are in on it as well? Hear me out. So if you go under these uh, companies uh, when they make the Black Lives Matter statements, especially the, the companies that are normally associated with white people, right? If you go under a lot of these companies' posts, you're seeing the outright hate and just disgust from their audience, from their followers. Like, oh, I can't believe you would get yourself involved in this mess. Oh, I look to your brand because you guys are one of the ones that weren't focusing on this bullshit. Like, it's a lot of all lives matter, a lot of racists and stuff like that in those bullshit. comment sections, right? Shit. Shit. All very mad that these things are, and bro, even Call of Duty. Shit. Call of Duty, where I get called the nigger at least once a week. Yeah. At least once. At least once a week. Call of Duty, notorious. There are full jokes about being called a nigger on Call of Duty. It's one of those, oh, you were playing COD? What'd you expect? That's how racist it is on there, right? They let the <laughs> user with the I be like different. They let it fly so that then they can get the N word. People say nigger. People username. have nigger usernames and coon this and it, it yeah. just like the craziest things you could ever think of. Cod starts off the game with a message every time now that you open it up. It says Black Lives Matter, big bold letters, and then a little description of how they f their stance on Black Lives Matter, right? You see that when you start the game, and you see that when the game is loading, right? So if I'm white and racist, <laughs> and I love my privilege... I love the convenience of life. I love all the perks that I get. And I'm now constantly being bombarded in all of my escapes. I want to play video games. I can't escape it. I want to watch football. I can't escape it. I want to watch NASCAR. I can't even escape it there. That builds up some resentment, some anger, some feelings that could bubble over past the protest the white protests that we saw when they were just stuck inside dun, dun, dun. when racists were just stuck inside you saw how mad they got and how much yep. they protested there, there's a whole uh collage picture of black protest signs versus the white protest signs and it's stop killing us i need haircuts stop <laughs> using my skin as a weapon open the strip club like <laughs> You're seeing what the fight is for on both sides, and it's for a different thing. One's for the conveniences of life and the perks that they get in life, and one is for life, period. <laughs> right? So now when you're infringing on people whose lives are, in their eyes, perfectly fine, they would never trade it to be a black person, they would never trade it to be anybody else, and they, mm. love, they, they love themselves, they love their yeah. life. Now they're constantly being bombarded. They go to NFL, Black Lives Matter. They go on Twitter, Black Lives Matter. They go to the news, Black Lives Matter. Everywhere they go is this Black Lives Matter. And white people are very used to escaping this conversation because they have the privilege to do so. 
right? If th- there's a Jane Elliott video, shout out to fucking shout out to Jane Elliott. Song. Just a legend. Bong. There's a video where she, and there's a, a bunch of different videos where it's almost the same thing happens in every experiment. She does experiments with white people to show them what it's like to be a minority, namely a black person, and how, to be, uh, how it feels to be judged on your eye color. She uses eye color with them, right? And you see one girl get frustrated and said, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sick of this shit. And she storms out of the room, right? <laughs> 15, 20 minutes later, she comes back into the room and Jane Elliott's like, no, no, no. You don't get to come back in here. When you left this room, you exercise your right as a white person. Your privilege is to be able to get up and go outside that door, and it's not going to happen to you outside that door because I'm not there. Black people don't have that privilege. We can't walk out of a room and not face something that has to do with our skin. And so mm-hmm. what I, I say that to say, when you're being bombarded with all this Black Lives Matter shit that you don't give a fuck about or you actually really, really hate and are against, wouldn't that bubble over into some violence eventually? Some confrontation of some sort? Wouldn't that even almost make things worse in a sense? Because it's not like these, these companies, it would be different if they were providing education. And that's my whole point of this. If these companies are going to say Black Lives Matter... Say why, say how the people who follow you can learn the problems that black people go through and educate them further past a post. And only the companies I've seen doing that are the ones that I have my full respect. The NFL, I, they can kick rocks for all I care. NASCAR can kick rocks for all I care. Pornhub can kick rocks for all I care. Because unless you are going the next step and also teaching... Because you know who your target demo is. These companies spend millions a year to know exactly who their target demo is. They do focus groups. They ask questions. They do surveys. They do whatever they can to find out information about their demographic. That means you know that there's a problem in your demo. And if you are not putting forth the tools that will help them broaden their scope, I don't give a fuck. Personally. And that's just how I feel about the whole company thing because I, I, I've been just been seeing it so much. I don't know if it's sheep at this point or if they really feel that way. And the only ones I see, I see that really feel that way are the ones that are going the next step. Like we have created this section in our workplace. Like I'm seeing even just friends uh, and people online that I know personally that have, are starting to have these discussions with their companies on Zoom meetings where or group chats where the black employees are speaking up and everybody else is just sitting by and listening and actually Mm -hmm. hearing what the problems are and being like, okay, yeah, that needs to change. This needs to change. Why don't we put you in charge of this new section? We'll, We'll start a new sector that's for diversity and inclusion and we'll put you in charge. We'll give you a bump up in your, in your pay. And That's what MLSC is doing. They exactly. are looking for a director of diversity inclusion. And it's been a new trend for specific like companies that are, have already been uh, proactive to this. So like Google, yep. my mentor, she first, she was a first director of like essentially diversity inclusion for black community engagement at Google. Mm. 
And that was like four years ago. And now she just got a new role where she's the um, inclusion officer at the Recording Academy. So for the Grammys and stuff like that. So there were some companies that were trying to be proactive to this, but now everybody just feels like they need to do it because they're about to be called out. Yeah. Well, even the ones that were proactive, Mm -hmm. a lot of those were just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just a, a, a temporary fix. Like they put those, the, they put those places, those things in place, but there was no real action, no real dollars really put behind making actual changes. It was like they made a room for black people to complain in. <laughs> and that was it. You, you complained it. They go, okay. Cause I go through the same thing. Working, working with YouTube, YouTube black, they fly us out once yeah. a year. And it's only the black creators. It's a hundred mm-hmm. of the top creators, uh, black creators on the platform. And for a weekend, we talk with the CEO of YouTube, with the search engine optimizer of YouTube, like you name it. And we tell them all these problems. And every year, excuse me, every year we come back, I feel like I hear the same fucking questions. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you get this temporary... Yeah, we're gonna be. We're actually working on that. So this is what we have in place now, and what we're we're working to change. That we're gonna be doing this and this and this and this, and then the next year you come and you ask the same fucking question, and they give you the same answer. Well, this is what we're working on right now. We're working to fine tune this and this and this and this, and it's just a runaround. It's like they give you a room to complain, and that that'll satisfy them. That'll get us off their backs because to the from the outside looking in. You can't say that that company doesn't care about trying for diversity and inclusion. You cannot say it. And I feel like the Starbucks incident had a lot to do that with that when it came to the racial bias training that they did and whatnot. I feel like a lot of companies, a lot of companies didn't want to look a certain way. So they started, you know, throwing those things in place before they get called out and you're seeing the same trend happen now. So I'm saying I need to see more than a fucking post. Like I need to see, actual real change before i believe any of these companies and you guys should hold everyone to the same standard as well alicia's aol internet is just apps what's with y'all internet everybody but me my stuff everybody but me got netscape y'all niggas is crazy we got her back there (laughs) listen (laughs) y'all listen y'all she said like a robot (laughs) my you can't hear me? We can hear you. Yeah. We can hear you. My white spy is fucking up this whole, like, last week, week, two weeks. Did she say I'm white spy? F- yes, my white spy. <laughs> I'm convinced the FBI. That is, is the episode title. <laughs> white spy. Title, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Anytime, anytime the Wi-Fi fuck with a black person, it's white spy from now It's on. called white spy. I rate That's it. what it is. Because... <laughs> I can't even see y'all right now. I can hear y'all, but I can't even see y'all. <sighs> now we've been talking about with the Wi-Fi. Too much, mm-hmm. too much, uh, too much darkness. Let's let's go with some light news. <laughs> man, just a lot of dark news lately, man. <laughs> um, maybe we should get to our good youth. Our good youth of the week is kind oh. of um a tumultuous one because I don't know who wins. 
We'll see though. But this is our good youth of the week. You're such a good youth. You're such a good blood clad youth. You have a hundred million dollars and you donate them. You, you sing a song them and you donate them to your good blood clad youth. Now, this first good youth. They alarm you. <laughs> and his name is Kanye West? Huh? Could it be the return of the yay? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did that awaken the spirit? Did Burna Boy awaken the spirit of Kanye with that track? <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Kanye was just in a club. <laughs> <laughs> the MAGA just flipped the switch on him. Oh, man. Now, rumor has it that Kanye West wifed Trump to freedom and them. Um, I don't know how true this is because I, I don't know how many people Ye has, free, has freed uh, himself. However, his wife has freed a number of people since Trump has entered office. So it might be some evidence to support these claims. Um, further evidence, uh, he recently paid for the funeral of George... No, not the funeral of George Floyd, sorry. He paid... He sent money to the families of George Floyd... Um, why am I forgetting the name now? Ahmad Aubrey um, and Brianna Taylor. And he also donated to the future tuition of George Floyd's daughter. Yeah. So when she's ready for post-secondary, that's taken care of. He also paid money to small businesses in Chicago for the damages that they may have faced during the looting and the riots. So, he's breaking the bank. That's first of all. Billion dollar Kanye. And what do you what do you think about this claim that he's he's a double he may be a double agent? Do you guys are you guys buying it? Uh, I'm. Because I feel like I, I feel like I can't. You never know, man. I think Kanye's just like himself. He's he's not a black nor white. He's Kanye. He's like, he's created his own thing, man. I, I don't know. I think he's just a crazy dude, just a crazy individual, and, and, and he's not really no spy for nobody. Yeah, it's just very, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like Wait, even if even if he was a double agent. Huh? Whose side would you think he'd be on? Well, it's obvious what side he's choosing. I don't know. I don't know. But um, <laughs> Is it? What's it called? He... I don't know. I I feel like even let's say he was doing that. Let's say he, he was a double agent, right? Does that excuse the things he said and the things he, he he did? I don't think it does. I think that's more harmful and there might have been a better way to go about it or maybe he felt that that was the only way to really convince white America that he was not about this shit and that he was a maggot supporter and Trump supporter. You still talking about Kanye? Since you know, the Wi-Fi don't want to work. 
<laughs> yes, we are talking about Kanye Titta. And um, we're just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to determine if his actions say, mm -hmm. we're, we're assuming that he was a double agent. Do you think his actions justified the outcome? Kim has freed over 17 people from jail, got them exonerated from jail. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, he made multiple donations to the three families. He mm -hmm. made donations to small businesses in Chicago to mm -hmm. uh, rebuild after the, the nationwide crisis. Uh, America, by the way, if, if you guys don't know, America is officially in a recession once again. And um, yeah, do you think that, it, well, he made a lot of money. He was the highest paid rapper of the year. Yeah. Do you guys think that it was Yeezy's worth it? Yeezy's like skyrocketed. Yeah. Do you guys think that it was it, it, it was worth it? I mean, maybe he's just like black people usually forgive, so they'll forgive me eventually type shit. Mm. Maybe, okay. maybe he just did it because he knows he could. He had the money, so mm -hmm. a lot of people, I mean, I feel a lot of people would expect him to do something. Black people's forgiveness is actually running out. No, now that we have cancel culture, uh, I feel like we're not as forgiving as what we might have been before. I don't even think it's necessarily cancel culture. I think right now specifically, because cancel culture has been around for three years, and I still don't believe it, it exists. For real, <laughs> because it's only yeah. canceled on social media. And still, it's not canceled everyone on social media. It's just <laughs> a certain sector of social media, the do-gooders. And... Um, it's just, I don't know. It's very, very odd. <laughs> it's very odd. I don't think that it makes up for it, but it's dope to see. It's yeah. dope to see that he's sticking up. And I feel like most rappers that just went to the protests are getting this label. Like I seen one girl calling out Brent Fayaz, I believe, saying, mm -hmm. where, where was Brent Fayaz? Why was he at the protest? And then someone ended up in her replies, like actually he was, there's a video of him in Atlanta at the protest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, dude, it's almost like black artists have to uh, prove that they're black by going to these protests and standing up. Yeah. And um, when they do, they get praised for it, for just, uh, even if they haven't said anything or done anything. Um, I've mm -hmm. seen a picture of Kendrick where uh, he's looking at, like, directly at the camera. And people are like... Oh my God, look at the pain in his eyes. You can see the hurt. You can see the police brutality in his corneas, his retinas. Oh. And I'm just like, what if he was just startled at someone taking his picture? Like, <laughs> he's, he's clearly disguised and he's trying not to be seen. So I don't mm -hmm. think he poses with pain in his eyes for a photo op, personally. Uh, it, to me, the picture looked like he was caught off guard and he's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> but when people want to believe something they're going to believe something right and um especially a lot of <laughs> a lot of closet kanye fans were like oh yeah see i told y'all i told y'all about like, yay yes. ah. <laughs> and you guys have to at some point just come to the realization you just you've always listened to kanye you never canceled him don't use this as your coming out party to openly tweet now playing kanye <laughs> good life like Whoa, just I hold it I will say openly, I never canceled him. I never stopped playing Maybe him. Maybe she's just a clown I've guy. I've never stopped. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Kanye stole my nigga. Like, Jeez. that's my favorite rapper, period. Oh, man. Like, I listen to Sunday service regularly. I listen oh to... Oh, my God. Oh, damn. Dropout, graduate. 
Nation. I got my Yeezys right here. Like, okay. he always been my nigga. So oh, he a little goodness. stupid. He a little fucked up, but that's still my guy. Wow. Uh, Period. Like, like... <laughs> <laughs> Period. Oh, man. The... <laughs> The, the things he was singing before in comparison to now, man, I just would never have thought that this would be the same guy. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I'm just I'm just so confused at, at how we got to this point. I was but then you hear The Wire, you know what I mean? You're like, that's his first song. All and then you hear down. Where, he's at, where he's at now, you're like... Mm-hmm. All Falls Down is the one for me. Listening to down, All Falls Down, video. I'm like, how is yeah. this the shit. same guy? Yeah. How is it, how is someone with so much self-awareness, so much accountability in this song, so pro-black also, how does that guy get to the MAGA hat? Like, that's what I, I it's just so confusing for me. And I like, his frustrations always remain black, which is still a part of the confusion. It's never like his frustrations were outside of his blackness. It, even when he's complaining about, I'm the Walt Disney, I'm the Steve Jobs. These guys, I go to these these designer houses and they don't take me seriously. They won't take my designs and blah, blah, blah. Those are mm-hmm. black problems. I think he associated them with rapper problems. Yeah. And that's where, where he is where he is now, trying to like make some sort of transition or something. Because it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. You had br- black problems leading all the way up until that point. And mm. still, it was just fuck black people for like a year. <laughs> just, I'm going to, 400 years of slavery, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just wild. That was stupid, though. That shit was stupid. One thing I've learned about Kanye is that, like, I don't think he's able to process what he is saying. He just goes off the rip, and he doesn't process what the fuck he's saying. And because he's, like... He's a producer. That's all y'all niggas do is process. <laughs> it's all a process. <laughs> you master, you engineer, this is a process. <laughs> you know nothing comes out right away. <laughs> you know it takes time. Oh, yeah. man. My favorite Kanye verse is still number one with Pharrell. That's my shit. That mm-hmm. verse is so fun. Hold on. I gotta play it now. Tell me how you love that. Worlds, worlds. So funny if you with me. No, I look for your pretty face to smile when I get home. When I make love, you know it's gonna be amazing. Baby girl, you and me. Smash it. That's a hit to me. The guy she get to me, she might be nothing to you, but she didn't shit to me. Hey, 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 tell me how you love that. Number one can't put nothing above that. You deserve a verse for me. We gon' party like it's an anniversary. Go, baby girl, you and me. Smash it, that's a hit to me. Look how she get to me She might be nothing to you But she didn't shit to me Oh, oh Tell me how you love that Number one can't put nothing above that You deserve a verse from me We gon' party like it's our anniversary Yesterday I was half the man you see Maybe that's because you the other half of me You my number one hit on the line of the charts I'm a FedEx, my lover had you side for my heart From my number one eye Keep it dumb fly It fresh to death, you life after death I resurrected my gold, Jesus of Nazareth Now we fresh as a prince 
Chris Friday, Friday Jazzy Jeff. Jeff. Uh-huh. And you don't be saying shit when they asking questions. And you be giving me my space. You ain't be going on my space. You know some other shit I hate. What, 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 when they violate. But, but tonight, man, I ain't a move for it. Don't matter who you were. Look how you coordinated it, done. That's my favorite. I love the way it is. Yeah, that's the shit on you. Come on, come on, come on, man. That shit cool, fucking man. goes, dog. Oh, I miss that nigga. God damn. That fucking was a Kanye. classic Kanye, man. Whew. Fun, fun. He know how to make bars fun. He might not be the most intricate spitter or whatever, but <laughs> boy, know how to be relatable. Um. <laughs> His contender this week for good youth. I'm doing. Okay, I'm doing. Oh, yeah, good youth. Yes. Oh wow! I just want to catch you guys doing. Um, was another person that's been notorious for just not really paying attention to the black community. Um, is Michael Jordan, <laughs> the Jordan brand. Yeah. Has committed a hundred million dollars to various causes, various yes. causes that affect black lives. Um, they said that I think Jordan actually spoke on this. He said, It sucks your soul, you can't accept it anymore. This is a tipping point. We need to make a stand. We've got to be better as a society regarding race. Face up to your demons, extend a hand, understand the inequalities. Sure, it's about bargaining for better police, but it's more. We have encountered racism to be somewhat acceptable in certain circles. And so he is, um, the Jordan brand has committed to, they haven't said specifically which, um, where the the donations are going to be going to, what organizations specifically, Mm -hmm. but they will be to the betterment of black lives and black, especially black education. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan feels like if you're going to start, if you're going to eradicate racism, that you should start with the children. And so, um, looking into that and <clears throat> speaking on that, like, I think we need to find out, like, we need to get somebody on the show, um, that can speak to how we can get curriculum changed. Like, what are the steps to get curriculum changed? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we go about that? Because there are a myriad of things that need to it's not even just black lives that need to be talked about in history class or geography or it's you know any of those of things or social studies like there's a whole lot of shit that needs to be input into mm-hmm. the curriculum that is not there for example i shouldn't have to ask how do i change the curriculum <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm going to this place uh, to learn to grow into a human being, but I don't know how to change it. That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Um, I should know better about legislature and how bills get passed and all these things. And you don't have that information. And I think it's purposely, you know what I mean? And so when you have people growing up, knowing these things, if people knew that petitions and rioting and all this stuff would bring about all these changes we've been seeing. And there have been a lot of them. Like it would have been happening a long time ago, but they, yeah. they like no one people didn't have this information. You can't like let me see all the things that have changed this week because it's it's been a lot. There's there's a list in the last week we've seen increased Derek Chauvin murder charges. Mm-hmm. Had three other officers charged. They reopened Breonna Taylor's case. 
reinvested $100 million of police money into the LA community. Mm -hmm. Like, the list goes on. There's so um, much shit. One that is, like, two that are very key is um, in New York, the NYPD has officially said, like, chokeholds are banned. Yep. Um, and I don't know if they're naming it after, like, Eric Gardner. Um, they released the man that videotaped that murder. Oh, yeah. After he five finally, years, he, six years, he finally fucking got released, which is crazy. What? Why did he go to jail? Well, his, for filming his it, was they, like, he, they, he videotaped yeah. it, but he also had a past with like drugs, so it's kind of like they kind of framed him so that they could like actually arrest him. Yeah, I read the story. There's like this article, and it's just crazy. It's in details of everything he's experienced. How he, um, when he was on Rickers Island, they tried to poison a bunch of the. Uh, prison mates and everybody else got sick but him because he realized that what they were doing and there was like blue rat poison on his food so he started to see everybody like eating it and like starting to feel sick so he stopped eating and so now he doesn't eat at all the only time he eats is when his girlfriend shows up Jesus and like Christ. brings him food or he's able to buy something from like commissary so he doesn't eat the fucking prison food at all because they tried to poison him his story is so freaking that crazy. might be irreparable damages to his Absolutely. psyche to his like that's traumatizing and he's been what? it's been six years and he spent like a, a minute like a, a i don't know if it was like a year or more in like solitary confinement too which obviously that fucks you up there's so much with him and i just like pray that he's able to like come out and just be like okay do you know what i mean like as okay as possible where he's able to like hopefully move on i know they started like a gofundme yeah. for him so a welcome home uh gofundme is in place yeah. we'll, we'll post it on our page as well um, one, an, another thing that they started implementing in NYPD, um, shout out to governor Com Como, Como, fuck governor uh, Cuomo, Como is the Amy Cooper law where if you call and, um, you call the police and it's a false call or whatever the case may be, you can get slapped with jail time up to five years. It's like a hate crime type of shit now. So if you be doing those fake ass phone calls, like this black person is threatening my life. Oh, your ass could end wow. up in jail. Wow. That's facts. fucking beautiful. Emmett, Emmett Till would have loved that one. Fucking dickheads. But again, Fucking that's only NYPD, guys, like the New York state. So we need to make sure that we can implement those type of laws, like across the board. Yo, yo, that's intern, amazing. look up, look up when Emmett Till happened, please. Gotcha. Just find that for me, please, please. Oh my God. I, need I mean, to it was like, I need what, to know how long 19... this took. I need to know how long this took because black people have been asking for it since then. And mm -hmm. it's only in 1955. one state. 1955. Since 1955. 75 years later. We get that. It almost took 75 years for that bitch to confess that she lied. That is not. That. 19, 1955? It almost took her 75 years to admit she lied. First of all, hold True on. Your, your math is wrong. He what? said 1955? 1955. What year are we in? 1955 okay, is when he died. 2020, yeah. okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, what, what year are we in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, it hasn't been 75. It's been 65. But yeah, 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 65. It's still 65, wrong, 65, but like, yeah. I was thinking it was like hella wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's 65, 65, 65, 65. 65 is close enough. Still fucking crazy. 
That's still nuts. Still way too long. That's still way too long. That's my life plus another life and then some. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that is ridiculous, bro. Wow. To put it into perspective, right? Wow. Um, and like we said, the labels with the whole urban thing, um, relinquishing that title. Uh, a lot of people are calling for defunding the police. Um, well, Minneapolis has decided that they're going to look into defunding the police. No, so they're not looking into it. They're doing it. They're like actually doing they're it. They're doing yeah. it. The actions, everything's starting to be put in place to dismantle the Minneapolis police. And the state of Minnesota decided to open a civil rights case on the um, Minneapolis police as well. So their asses are going to be charged the fuck Yo, up. if that case goes through, I, people, I don't think people realize how much of a domino effect that could have. Like, that could be serious. Yo, mm -hmm. imagine a world where all of the inmates that were wrongfully accused and charged by racial bias are let go while all the police that put them in there go to jail. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the world I one day want to live in. <laughs> that's the world I want to live in right there. That is, oh, mwah. take that free labor. Because do you guys know in the States that they have a police brutality bond? Oh, wow. There's a thing called the so police brutality bond. Where so literally, literally the police have in their budget police oh, yeah. bru brutality money. They have money set aside knowing that there will be cases they will have to settle out of court and give people money. Last year, I think it would cost them $89 million, which is absolutely nuts. And hold on, I'll let these guys. I'll let these guys. Does the city have to cover it? I'll let these guys explain it better because it's, it's a video that I saw. These uh, two, two brothers. Were they lawyers or something? I think I see the same thing. Pardon me. I think they were lawyers or something. They were just breaking it down. No, they weren't lawyers. These guys were just um, regular dudes. They have a podcast actually. No. Okay. Um, where they discuss this type of stuff. Hold on, let's see if I can find it. Where is it? I just saw it. Ah, here it is. Going on now is that cities across the United States of America are going into massive debt because of what they're calling a police brutality bonds. That's what they're pretty much. They're, yeah, they're police, literally, if you Google it, that's what it says. Police brutality bonds. So that's the crazy thing about the financial industry. They issue bonds for anything. There was bonds for um, mortgage-backed security for your home. Yeah. There's bonds for any, anything. If you really get creative, you can issue a bond. So now they actually have police brutality bonds, right? So between 2008 and 2017, we did some research. L.A., mm -hmm. $74 million um, and was paid in police brutality bonds. Yep. Um, the insurance, the, the interest on that was $18 million yep. to, the, to the, um, the holders of the bond. And taxpayers, it cost them $89 million. Right. So let me just, I just want people to understand that. So, all right. L.A. didn't have enough to pay police brutality cases. Right. So those are the judgments and settlements. Right. So over and above what they already have in their budget or over and above the liability and insurance. That, that's the scary part, too. Like, we already are saying, listen, we have a budget for it. Let's keep going. Yeah. So now they have to go to the financial markets and and issue bonds worth $71 million, right? So they, they take out bonds for $71 million to pay this. Because if you know what a bond is, it's like, it's your, 
somebody's loaning you money mm -hmm. for, for them loaning you money you're paying it back over a course of time but it's with interest so now the people that loaned them the money people that loaned them 71 million dollars they got paid an interest of 18 million we're so gonna, they, we're going to talk about who they are too in a sec <laughs> they so they made money they made 18 the, the people that issued the bonds made 18 million dollars on the bonds mm -hmm. The taxpayers ended up paying for the whole thing because you have to pay for the bond right. and and the um, interest. Right. So the taxpayers ended up paying eighty nine million. Right. I don't know what's going on in Chicago. <laughs> well, Chicago had a lot of a lot of high profile cases. Um, one that comes to mind, and we're going to talk about a, a duration of time. So from like two thousand ten to two thousand eighteen, we're talking almost a billion dollars paid. They had the Laquan McDonald case where the uh, young black kid was shot sixteen times, um, and I. I believe the officer's name was Van Dyke or something like that, got sentenced to six years. There was a settlement in that case. So you got a couple of cases in Chicago that happened. From 2010 to 2017, they had 709 million in bonds. 709 million. The interest paid on those on those bonds That's was insane. $1 billion. That's insane. With a B. So the taxpayers get the bill for 1.7. It turns out that Tax large payers. banks, investment firms, um, Wall Street investment firms, small regional banks, all play a part in issuing these bonds. Some well-known companies that have played a part, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America. Bank of Montreal. Um, so they issue police brutality bonds mm -hmm. to towns, cities, municipalities. Um, the cities pay them over the course of time mm -hmm. to loan them money so they can pay victims. And they actually are making money. So these companies are making money off of police brutality. Right. Because they're getting paid interest on the bonds. So not only do you have the first layer that that's making money is insurance companies mm -hmm. for the liability claims. Because insurance companies always make money. There's no way around it. Like, that's how insurance companies operate, right? So now you're paying insurance premiums. So insur there's insurance policies in place for police brutality. They make money. Mm hmm but even bigger than that, now you have financial institutions that are making money off police brutality bonds, off the interest. Oh, right. So, okay. Now we have to look at, now it makes more sense why nothing has changed in the last 50 years. If, if anything, it's gotten worse, right? Because there's no incentive for it to stop. Not only do the police do not pay themselves. They have no financial Paid responsibility leave. for it at all. So that's Zero. one thing. Like, that's crazy. Um, the insurance companies is actually making money on it. And now banks and financial institutions are making money on it. So if there's if there's if nobody's losing money as far as the cops and people are making millions and billions of dollars. Right. Why would there ever be a real incentive to stop to change right. police brutality? And in all that, right? Why would there be an incentive to change? It's all a money thing, man. All the money thing. It's really, it's really sickening. Even in like police brutality, there is money to be made. These people settle. They take the bonds from the bank. Mm -hmm. The bond collects interest. And the rest is history. <laughs> $1.7 billion that tax taxpayers had to pay out which means that when a cop's going on paid leave for fucking up black people you are also paying him to stay at home 
Yeah. They need to fix the whole shit. And Just watch throw Maury. the whole police shit in the garbage. All of it. And let's rebuild somehow. I've been wondering all week, like, okay, defund the police, defund the police. How do you even defund the police? Luckily, someone named, oh, by the way, that uh, podcast was called Earn Your Leisure. Um, earn Your Leisure on Instagram. All one word, obviously, that will lead you to their podcast. Dope podcast on finances. And they're black. Um, Mm -hmm. someone on Instagram named Comrade E. Caitlin, uh, posted a slide in how to defund the police if you live in Toronto. So here's what you can do to ensure that funding from the city is diverted away from the Toronto Police Department. Because I was wondering, like, how do you even do this, um, if they don't even tell you where your taxes are going and you can't Mm -hmm. choose where your taxes are going. They're just allotted to certain, um, sectors. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the fact that the, the police are getting an astronomical amount of money more than the public school system yep. is, is ridiculous. It's sick. It's, ri- it's ridiculous. And um, there are calls for you know uh, community workers and social workers to take the place of police and, and to be you know educated in certain fields so that... There are, we talked about it last week, how you'll send somebody out for a spe- specific ter- type of crime or mm-hmm. whatever is happening and for them to mediate the situation. Um, so send the following to Mayor John Tory and your city councilor. Um, dear City of Toronto, I'm writing you today to express my outrage regarding the police services budget of $1.76 billion from the total $13.5 billion in operational budget for the city an increase of 4% since 2019. So it's gone up, okay? Yeah. This astronomical police budget costs the taxpayer more than firefighters, paramedics, libraries, and public housing combined, okay? Mm-hmm. Following the recent right horrific death of young black woman Regis korchinski Paquette, I call upon our elected officials to ensure a transparent investigation into her death and start divesting from the systemically violent Toronto police services immediately. I'm asking that you as an elected official pledge to the following to never again vote to increase the Toronto police services budget, to propose and implement a TPS budget cut of at the absolute mil- minimum $276 million, or just 10% of Mayor John Tory's estimate of $2.76 billion shortfall, what do you call one of the greatest financial challenges the city has ever faced as we struggle to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic and to pr- prioritize the expansion of community-led health and safety initiatives over future financial investments into the Toronto Police Services? So, essentially, just get rid of these niggas. <laughs> Absolutely. God. Heck, what's the word that T.I. says? Uh, expeditiously? Expeditiously. We have seen that investing in body cameras, civilian reviews, or de-escalation and implicit bias training doesn't work. What we need in Toronto is leadership that can initiate a reduction in the immense police violence that targets our most marginalized people toward the eventual abolition of police and prisons. In order to do this, I call on you and the city council to reduce funding in these ways. Withhold pensions and don't rehire cops involved in excessive force cases. Require cops to be liable for misconduct settlements. Reduce the size of police force. I think that the major one there is require the cops to be liable for misconduct settlements. Because if you take away this this police brutality fund, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And uh, these cops are now held to their own wallet. That's when people will be like, oh, I don't got it. Oh, that's when that's when the police brutality goes the way the fuck down. Because mm -hmm. you're not going to get sued. You know, you don't want to get sued for everything you have when you have for a facts. family, when you have a life to support. Right. A family. Yeah, and you might go about your that. job a little bit more tediously. Mm -hmm. Right. And for I, for one, I, I listen, I don't even give a fuck about these cops that are here right now. I don't care who is the good ones, who are the bad ones. I say get rid of them all and replace them, right? And the the ones that do take the place of whoever's in charge now, um, they they take these steps moving forward. Mm -hmm. They are held culpable for um, any police brutality cases that they're involved in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like because the, what's been done has been done. We can't go back and charge these guys for all these different cases. I mean, yeah. we could if they reopen the bitches, but highly unlikely that's going to happen, right? Yeah. And I don't also believe in bad cops changing. I don't, like, yeah. I, even with that that thing put in place, I feel like they'll still find a loophole. Mm -hmm. they, and, and then, like, it's already ingrained in their mind, and then it's just not going to work out with these police officers that don't believe that there's something wrong. Yeah. It's I feel not. it'll make more more crooked cops. For sure. And Let's it's a legal other doctrine. Ways. It's an actual legal doctrine in the States. People in the States who listen to us, Google two words, qualified immunity. Yep. And you'll, you'll start to get scared Trust because me. it's, it's, it's actually a legal doctrine in the, in the States. People just get away with whatever the just fuck Just getting away with it. Because they you know? have this job title and it's bullshit. This whole police That's thing, like has, it's developed a complex and even from what's, especially with what's been going on in the past couple of years with police, what is appealing? Why do you want to do that? What's appealing about being a cop? Yeah. After what you've yeah. seen over the past couple of years, mm -hmm. what is the, the, what is the glamour behind being a cop? You're clearly not viewed in society as a friend. Mm -hmm. You're looked at as dangerous. You're looked at as overly powerful for no reason. You're looked at as as dominating, especially in, mar in marginalized community. You're intimidating. Mm -hmm. People don't want to be around you. So it's like my only thought is if it's, this job is still enticing to you, you must. Th there must be something to, about that power that's attractive. And if the power is attractive, you're in this for the wrong reasons. Well, I know my sister, she wants to be a correctional officer and I asked her why. And she was like, because I believe that there needs to be somebody who is sticking up for these people in those places. So some people might really be like, hey, like I want to be the change. But it's like at the end of the day, I said to my sister, so what happens when you see somebody beating this or treating this uh, prisoner unfairly? What are you going to do? You're gonna what say something? You gonna fight them? You think like, nobody hello, good first is? First of all, you're like a five six girl, <laughs> like five seven girl. What are they gonna do? It'd be different if they try to pull up on me, like I'm yeah. a little bigger. But like you, they gonna body your ass too. <laughs> but like it, it's it, it goes even further than that. Like it, you're not gonna be able to defend them. That's first of all. Yeah. Um, secondly, you, of course you're going into there with the right mentality, but. Yeah. Uh, you you can't believe that you're the first person to go in there with the right mentality. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
there's obviously a system put in place within those departments that leads you to not being able to tell. You're dealing with people with guns who know how to cover things up. We've watched Training Day. We've watched multiple movies about this shit. When one nigga starts trying to be Braveheart, the rest of the corrupt niggas take him out. It's just <laughs> what happens, right? Mm -hmm. And as a cop, when you can frame the narrative, you can create whatever instance you want. Denzel, remember in Training Day when he's like, all right, we shot him here. He ran through the door. This happened, this happened, this happened. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, got it, got it, got it. And that's the story now. You're not allowed around to tell it because you're dead. Yeah. You're not around to tell it. And so Van, my, my boy Van said this the best way um, when Austin Rivers said, what can we do? Like, what's the, like, what's the, end, what's the end game? And with defunding the police. And Van said, he, Austin was basically arguing the fact that he thinks there are good cops and bad cops. And that we, should on, we shouldn't put them all under one umbrella, right? And mm -hmm. Van said, okay, you're on a basketball team, right? If one person on that team uh, rapes a girl, and everybody on that team knows about it, but only one player raped the girl, mm -hmm. who is the bad person? Yeah. Is it just the player? Or is it all, the, all the guys that also knew that it was happening and did nothing about it? You know what I mean? And at the end yep. of the day, these guys are brothers in arms. They they put that title on themselves. Mm -hmm. These guys are are a family. They put that title on themselves. They created this cult, this brotherhood, quote unquote. All right? And if one's doing it, somebody knows. And if people know and it's just letting it happen, you're no better than the rest. And regardless of, let's say you don't know what to do. Let's say you're a good cop and you literally just don't know how you can be a good person without getting hurt or risking your life. Leave the job. Yeah. There are tons of jobs out there. Leave the job. There's, 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 there's so mm. many different occupations out there that you could be doing that will be leading to good things. Why mm. aren't you leading the, leaving the job? But it's also like low-key kind of easy to get in. That's the point. <laughs> That's the problem. As long as you can pass the like physical test is like, and that's like whatever. And that's the but other as long problem. as it is, then you have like longevity with them. You have like regular income. You have good benefits essentially. Do you know what I mean? Like probably a good retirement plan too. So for some people, it's just really easy for them. That's the same with the military, like getting people to join the military. It's very easy for them to do it and it sets them up long term. And a lot of people yeah. that come from the military home go, war, like they need, mm -hmm. they need a job right away. So they go straight to the police force. Yeah. And once again, they take that army soldier mentality, mentality. right mm -hmm. into the police force. And then mm -hmm. that's instead of being trained change. properly with like the escalate, de escalate. You guys know what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like having people that are registered in like psychology and social work and all that other stuff. They just got like these regular ass niggas who are working a job and thinking that they could manhandle everybody. And the problem is they got a lot of dudes that never had power. Mm -hmm. And that's why they seek this job. They never had power. And these therapists don't do the work to find out that, yo, this guy is someone that 
lacked in this area and is now drunk with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like well, it's too much it's too much negligence in a job that requires so much attention. So mm-hmm. like such attention to detail. There's too much negligence in it, I feel like. And it's almost like I want I would love to know how many therapists do the police employ in every state. I would love to know that because at the end of the day, we may say whatever we want about police, but they still are facing a lot of trauma themselves on a day-to-day basis almost. A lot of them are seeing dead bodies all the time. You're seeing Mm -hmm. families fight with people all the time. And especially if you're uneducated, if you're a white person that had privilege, you became a cop, you've never lived in black marginalized areas, and you now are constantly, frequently there, and you've grown up with racists and people who have implicit bias, and they've told you all your life that black people are no good, and now your first evidence of that is becoming a cop and constantly being called to these areas... And then mm-hmm. you lack the education to know why we're even in those areas and why these things are happening. Why aren't you going to be a racist cop? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I'm not going to pretend that my parents who are black don't have and hold implicit bias. I remember growing up hearing if Indian people move beside you, your property value is going to go down from black people. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing from black people themselves. But seeing a black man drive by in a Mercedes, look upon this drug dealer. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, a, this is regular talk in every culture. Everyone has their skewed views based on their own personal experiences, yeah. which is partly the reason why I say the racism will never die until people really educate themselves. Because until you educate yourself and realize that people are not a monolith, you are mm-hmm. forever going to hold some implicit bias. That's just life. And yep. that 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 goes beyond racism ending and systemic racism ending. That goes beyond police getting defunded. That's just humans interacting. And if when you put that on top of a job as powerful and as as important as policing, a job that initially was put in place to keep niggas in check, and still is, <laughs> yeah, but you don't know that. You just wanted to be a yeah. cop. No education. Yeah. These things just need to be put into the curriculum all over the world, bro. And speaking of all over the world, wow, is the world showing out? <laughs> My, what the fuck? Belgium? I saw Belgium, Rome, Belgium. Italy today. I said, Italy, my nigga? Them niggas throw bananas yeah. at soccer players they love. <laughs> like, but we're, Balotelli, up the whole city. Bal- Balotelli has been called all types of things, gotten bananas thrown at him, and he is like the best Italian player. <laughs> That's facts. That's and, facts. So it's like, and they love so- it's soccer. This is football we're talking about here. It's <laughs> terrible. So to see them come out in droves in New Zealand, in in Belgium, in fucking Amsterdam, like all over the world. This is the largest protest in the history of human beings. Like this is the largest one. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. What LA did the other other day? LA's protest was nuts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, y'all niggas don't give a fuck about the Ronas. This is insane. (laughs) Niggas were bumper to bumper. And I mean that with bottom cheeks, not cars. 
like bumper to bumper. It looked crazier than Banna. Yeah. And that's saying a and lot. All I kept thinking about was like coronavirus. <laughs> that's She's all I kept thinking. Real. I'm like, yo, this <laughs> shit about to spread like wildfire. Yeah. Like, so there's you... been like a lot of people who I've seen when they pull up to these protests though with uh, masks. So hopefully you that know don't mean, mean shit. None of these fucks are keeping that mask on. First of all, in the hot sun all day in LA. Fuck out of here. Y'all niggas are screaming. (laughs) You guys are screaming all day. There's sweat. Your breath get musty. You need some fresh air that just instantly hits your mouth and nostrils at some point. (laughs) So you don't want to hear, you want to hear something crazy though? You know, all the, the, the Trinity Bellwoods. Like a case there where they're talking about there's going to be a spike because of all the people that went to Trinity Bellwoods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, a good majority of the people that were there all got tested and or something, there was some tests done and there's no cases, no spike has increased from all the people within the area of uh, Trinity Bellwoods. It hasn't been two weeks yet, though. I mean, it could still develop within two weeks. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been a full two weeks yet. They don't know what they have yet or not have. <laughs> like, their doctors the, even are saying who, that even, if, even the World Health Organization is now start saying that, like, they're doubling back. Even, yeah, they're doubling back. Saying the asymptomatic people aren't actually uh, that. That is very uh, rare. You know, it, it's they're not that contagious after all. But it's like these so people what, what they is, change their view of what. Listen, it's kind of understandable. I get it when you're dealing with, especially with something that new, that something you would you don't cha- know. Yeah, yeah, that you constantly change your stance on it. I, I'm not gonna fault them for that because I don't know how any of this shit works, <laughs> and I, I don't like it's it's the way that it's polarized the world. I I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past them to be confused about it. You know what I mean? Like we're all confused about it, and the. The recent reports that actually just came out for Ontario is that since reopening, uh, numbers have doubled in cases um, because we were seeing a decline. Numbers were going down, down, down. There was no deaths at at a certain point, and now the numbers are spiking back up since the re- since the soft reopening. Mm, I think I've seen that Alberta has had the highest um, spike. Because they just reopened like last week or the week before or something. Which is wild because it's such a rural <laughs> like province. Like they're pretty yeah. spread out. I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's this get... is crazy. What? These people are literally in my DMs on Twitter begging me to send the money to their cash app. I have multiple people asking me that just because they I you're rich have like one that? person. I'm not rich like Yo, that. Yo, send me a money, not that. Jeez. Maybe she's just a clown girl. Maybe she's just a rich girl. Yo, send me a little money now. No, like this is really crazy. Flow residuals. It was one of those like (laughs) give a queen $200 like thread things, right? And you joined it. And I seen this. (laughs) I I didn't even give $200. (laughs) That's hilarious. But I seen her and she said something like, and I went onto her profile and she has talked a lot about like, I guess, trying to fight for her children because they have a abusive dad or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. So I seen her tweet and I was like, let me just send her like a couple dollars. And now I, it started with a man. A man was like, bro, I'm having a lot, like, girl, I'm having a hard time uh, with this coronavirus. Can you please just send me a dollar? Like, I got you after corona. And I was like, sir, you don't even follow me. And then I've gotten like four or five other people trying to like 
tell me their sad stories about why I need to give them money. And I was just like, I feel like you guys are scammers. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like some Forex niggas working. <laughs> Forex niggas like, working hard. Hello, please may I ask for a helping hand? Come on. Medications. Come on. I'm a single disabled mother of three on dialysis. I know a Nigerian man when I hear it. It would be greatly appreciated. That sounds like half of my Hotmail account. It's not a, it's she, not happening. Sis is for sure fucking they're gonna just rob my whole money, like my whole bank account. They'll yeah, figure out a definitely, way. Definitely, definitely. Um with the whole protest, man. <laughs> I saw something that was like porn. And I I know Norm has his well, I actually don't know if Norm's seen this, Maybe. but I think Norm would really love this, man. <laughs> Minneapolis mayor Jacob Frey yeah. is at a protest. Okay. And he's asked on the spot. This is a guy that's trying to be, you know, a man of the people. He's out there with his people. I seen him doing a fucking the wiggle shuffle or whatever at one point. <laughs> horribly, horribly. And he gets asked by the leader speaker of, pro, of the protest, will you commit to defunding the police on the spot? Mister. Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? What did I say? We don't want no more police. Is that we don't want people with guns toting around in our community. Look how many it's people he's allowed. It's important that we actually hear this. It's important that we hear this because if y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. Pressure. Pressure. If y'all don't know, he's up for re-election Talk next to Tigna, my queen. And if he says no, guess what the fuck we gonna do next year? Straight like that. Like so like that. So then he gets the mic and he says he can't. Watch her rip it from him. Get the fuck out of here. Hold on. Before I continue, this is, this is the mayor of Minneapolis. The mayor. Listen to this. Go home, Jacob. Go home. Go Wait, it gets better. <laughs> There's another angle. Not hundreds, thousands. Shame, 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 bro. That is, that's a movie. That's a movie right there. I've never seen someone get exited out of anywhere like that. He felt so much shame. Fam, you're walking, he's walking past people and people are going like this. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like right in his face. 
It is cheekbones. Fuck you, Jacob. And people are screaming, go home, Jacob, go home. Oh, Imagine Jacob. he was bullied when he's a child and somebody said that to him. And this is his nightmares replaying. That, oh, my God. And then the For Game sure. of Thrones he's shame. He's cry. The Game of Thrones shame? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. My heart. Cried at night. But the crazy shame. thing is, is that, like, what, the next day or a couple days later is when we find out that they're about to defund the police. So... It worked. Hey, it worked. Bullying works. Bullying <laughs> fucking works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Dog. A lot. A lot. I keep telling you, man. So much happened this week. Meanwhile, the prime minister. <laughs> the prime minister goes to a protest, and this fucking guy kneeled. Mm-mm. Nigga, you kneeling against yourself? You make the rules, my nigga. You make the rules. Imagine humans are protesting God for changes. (laughs) (laughs) And God just takes a knee like, I'm with (laughs) y'all. I should be changing. Hey, God, we don't want sin anymore. Hey, I'm with (laughs) y'all. I'm with it. So stupid. So stupid. (laughs) So dumb. Yo, God's just like, I don't want sin either. <laughs> my hands are tied. I'm going to deal with y'all, though. I'm going to deal with y'all. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, a classic came out this week from the Warlord. Vibes Cartel is back. Hey. Sometimes Woo! Are you wondering If I'm okay No I'm not okay No I'm not okay No I'm not okay Jeez What a cl- An instant classic Am I right? Am I right? Vibes That's Cartel right. Not okay Big tune, big tune. He made an alternative song. <laughs> you look very confused, Norm. What's wrong? I'm confused too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't feeling the new cartel? It's not Nickelback? That is not Nickelback. No, no, no. <laughs> that is the word boss. I know. Wow. Machine Gun Kelly has like this new alternative style song. Fuck Machine Gun Kelly. We talk about the world boss right now. But that's why I'm like, is this a trend? Is this something that rappers or other people would just want to start seeing? Vibes Cartel ain't no rapper, nigga. And rappers I'm been doing. People in general, musicians. Lil Wayne did Rebirth a long time ago. That's a whole rock album. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even just a single. Um, this is an instant classic. It's reflective of the times. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Jamaican people are just not feeling it. They don't, they don't see. They don't see the vision. They don't see the vision. All right. He's a genius. Punk rock has always been what anti-establishment. It's reflective of the times. It's a mental health track for blacks. It's called "Not Okay." I'm not okay. That's a listen. And where does oh, it's gonna and say punk music comes from from Scott, right? Does it? Yeah. That's kind of scary. <laughs> How did they get <laughs> that music from Ska? 
How? They, they, they get a lot of influence from it. That's very odd. That's very odd. But shout out to all the punk rock bands I fuck with. Uh, Follow Boy made donations. Um, a lot of people don't know that Fallout Boy, the two members of the Fallout Boy group were in a group before that, and the group's entire motive was anti-racism and anti-imperialism. I saw something like that on Twitter. Yeah. And so Shout out to them. So their fans are not surprised by this donation. Um, obviously, when Fallout Boy donated, the internet found out Pete Wentz is half black again. Um <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's in Green Day. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, it's a big tune. It's a big tune. I hope to hear it at all the parties coming up. Um, Serb, did you guys get your new Serb? There's new Serb activated. If you haven't gotten your your, your CERB for What's the year. What's this? A new one? Yep. It's June. New month. New cycle. New oh, money. Okay. Oh, okay. And uh, people are talking about, are you going to go to jail or not for frauding? <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, they're rolling out, they rolled out the rules today or something like that, or the consequences. I believe it's a $5,000 fine and double what you took. Um, Damn. That needs to be paid back uh, or jail time, which I'm going to assume that that is probably solely based on how much you actually make. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you were working during this time and you were making a substantial amount of money and still went for it, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you deserve jail time. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't making that much money, but you were still making money and applied for it, that's probably where the fines are going to come in and whatnot. I look at it as, mm-hmm. as 420 when Kush wasn't legal. Like, it's a bunch of police standing around knowing they can't arrest everybody. They can't arrest everybody. There's going to be too many instances that are complicated or um, layered yeah. where it's like you don't know if that person was in the wrong or the right. And that person may not have known if they're in the wrong or the right. So it's mm-hmm. like there's just too many different cases that are all going to be so specific. I don't think that they could, at the most, they're going to find everyone across the board as just one thing, get all that money back and then some. And that'll be it. I don't think jail time is what they really seek after. And Trudeau said that there won't be any punishments um, for CERB, but that mm-hmm. you'll just have to pay it back. So we'll see where this goes. Um, we obviously I won't hope know I don't until. Have to do either. <laughs> yeah, we obviously mm. won't know until 2021. <laughs> but I'm still getting my money. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make my call right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you do that. Um, it takes about two minutes. Um, someone who will be making significantly less money is Reddit X co-founder Alexis Ohanian, who resigned from the board, asking for his seat to be filled with a black candidate. Now, mm. I had no idea that Serena Williams' husband was the co-founder of Reddit. You did? Did you know that? Yes. I just thought it was a rich white guy. I had no idea. I mean, no. yes, yes, he's a very rich white guy. Yes. He's a he's very rich white Like, he's stupid rich. He's a billionaire. He's stupid rich. He's stupid rich. Like, dumb rich. He's a whole ass billionaire. So you think it's really going to matter for him to give up his seat? It's not about still, that, though. Because he's still... No it's, no, it's a great thing what he did. Yeah. But in terms of, like, financial... Because I had to sit there and I was like, first of all, this man has made hell of money. Second of all, he definitely knows how to invest money, so... But even I'm if sure he was he broke, he's, his wife and is then, Serena Williams. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, um, 
I'm sure he's still keeping his stocks in like Reddit. So do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's still making money. So for me, it's just like, okay, but it is a great thing. Like giving up a seat specifically for a black person to sit on there. Because I know there is some races all up in. Reddit. I'm watching that black person they put in there. I need a detailed background report on mm, this nigga. Yeah. Because Andy. you're not going to put in some. No. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You're not going to put no Uncle Ruckus in there. No, no. You know what I mean? I want him to be blackity, blackity, black, black, black. I want him to be so black that Reddit has plastic couches. I want him to be so black that Reddit got high blood pressure. I want him to be so black that he has diabetes. I like you, know, you want it so black that they turn Reddit to black it. <laughs> yes, black, black the blood clotting. Black it. Shit. Everything. Shit. Mm-mm. Shit. Every every Black History Month is gonna be called Black It instead. Mm. <laughs> um, John Boyega. We talked about him. He was our good youth of the week last week, and um, he uh has been shown support from multiple. Directors, I, I I looked at the thread actually, of one director openly saying I will support John Boyega in any yep. upcoming project. I would be honored. It would be my pleasure to have him act in my in one of my roles. And um, a number of white directors wrote underneath that that they also have share the same sentiments because <clears throat> that was the talk when he first. Even he said it while he was there. I don't know if I'm going to have a job after this, but fuck mm-hmm. that. Right? And that passion, I feel like, even the scene of him just being, giving, giving that, excuse me, powerful speech, I think even that setting looked movie-like mm-hmm. in the way that he was yelling and just, you know, passionate. So it definitely helped his cause. Um I'm not going to say he copied, but I'm going to say he copied. I think Michael B. Jordan is trying to John Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that he can have jobs. Make sure life. he solidify them roles, but still be blackity black. Because he, this is my thinking. We saw Michael B. Jordan go out and speak on what he had to speak on at the protests in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. I had seen no black actor before that other than Kendrick um, from Insecure. And... Michael B. Jordan has had uh, a reputation that whether solidified or not Mm -hmm. is that he prefers white women and that he doesn't like black girls. Um, That's a narrative that's constantly um, Mm -hmm. surrounded his name. And I'm not going to say he's compensating, but in a way it's, it, it could be compensating by going to this and like, because even as a black actor, going to these things for John Boyega, we saw his passion via the internet first, right? It wasn't like it just sprung up out of nowhere or it was after some other people spoke. He's been speaking, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you see the success that came from that. But also as a, as a celebrity, you're seeing a lot of these celebrities go out there and hiding themselves. Jesse Reyes was on road, fully, fully hid, masked up everything. Kendrick on road, fully hid, uh, Russell Westbrook, every like so many different celebrities who they spoke out though. Yeah, they Westbrook. spoke out. Yeah, Westbrook spoke out. Um, but you're seeing so many celebrities who weren't even really trying to be seen. Like they wanted to be there to just support the movement and mm-hmm. weren't really trying to be seen. 
And in Michael B. Jordan's case, he had a mic and there was like a little mm -hmm. mini stage and stuff. So it just seemed way more coordinated or set up that way, if that makes sense. Whereas John Boyega was like, he was at a megaphone in the middle of a crowd. You know what I mean? It looked way more impromptu. So yeah. I know Michael B. Jordan has, he's done Black Panther recently. He's done Just Mercy, which specifically dealt with um, social injustice. I mean, yeah, social injustice in the prison system and the court system. And so he's more attached to these these movements than he was he might have mm -hmm. been prior, right? But I know the way it's looking and the things that I comments that I'm seeing online are people con calling it disingenuous and saying that he's trying to copy John Boyega and he just wants to, you know, fit that whole mold. Did you guys think that? Did you guys see him protesting? Did you guys see any of that video? Yeah, so I seen him. He was out on road a couple of times because mm. at first he was walking around. And then the second video I guess I seen was when he, he announced that for his production, he is like going to focus on black mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. So that was after the John guy um, said something. And that's the thing. I, uh, when he went there, I think we briefly touched on it, that there's so many more black directors and people that, get the ball rolling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So many people, like you have Ava, you have Queen Latif. Like they, I can go down the list. There's so many movers and shakers that can create without outside help mm -hmm. that are black now. That like you Tyler can, Perry, he creates everything. Exactly. He has own studio. He has like own studio, studios. Like. Yeah, like so it's like there's so much more opportunity to speak out now and not feel like your job will no longer exist. Because that was the fear of many black people in many sectors. Like, you, it's not even just film. You, you name it. Anywhere mm. black people speak up, they're usually tossed out. Or phased yeah. out in some sort of way. And mm -hmm. the problem is, has always been that we do not have our own people and our own things in place that can ensure that we can speak out and still have a place to be, to work at. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting. Um, seeing him speak and yeah. what people gathered from that. Um, can I just speak on something that just recently happened? No, can, no. Can, oh, okay. Go Sorry. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, New York State Assembly has voted to repeal 50-A, the law that shields police disciplinary records from public view. Senate for the bill earlier. It now goes to Governor Cuomo for a signature. This uh, law has been on the books for 40 years. The New York uh, protests changed that conversation. Wow. And they say violence just, isn't the just answer. Happened. They say violence and protesting isn't the answer. It's kind of nuts, man. Like that is peaceful protest. That's what it does. Like we I, 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 I'm, it's we so need to protests are working. There. Next, keep destroying shit if you have to. Listen, I saw I saw a, a graphic of certain protests and riots and boycotts. Um, for example, the 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 bus boycott. Mm -hmm. uh, in Montgomery was 375 like days. days yeah. or some shit. Something crazy. Over a year. Over a year. Um, the Freedom Riders, a long mm -hmm. time. Uh, Martin Luther King, you name it. Go down the list. Everything mm -hmm. that has been that has been changed has been a cause of persistence. And yeah, I think the shortest one was like 37 days. Yeah, so. 37 days, yeah. 
So we're it's only like, like what two weeks in? Yeah. And we just got to keep, we got to keep pushing until all the doors are blown down. Because listen, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound skeptical because I know I have this past, the the entire episode, but I can't help it. I'm black. I can't believe any of these people. Right. I just can't. Right. The PTSD is so deep. The trauma is so deep. I really cannot believe that all of this is happening just for the good of humanity because it never has. I yeah. have to remain optimistic in some way, but fuck, man. This shit's fucking with me, man. I don't know who to believe, and everything's looking weird. <laughs> like, this is how conspiracy theories start, is this skepticism because of just the, the mistreatment of people for so long. You think if you yeah. gave indigenous people land right now, at like a significant, gave them an entire province, you wouldn't think that they're thinking, oh, they're going to bomb us. Yeah. <laughs> Like me thinking, yo, if all, why don't black people go back to Africa? Second thought, nukes. <laughs> They're just not thriving. And, end of discussion. Not thriving. Discussion. Not a, a bountiful amount of art that will be so eclectic and blah blah blah. I'm thinking, how are they going to get rid of us? Ah, They've accepted us going to Africa. Okay, what's the fucking catch? <laughs> Listen, where white people, it's always what's the catch. I don't care what y'all say. For exactly. me, with white people, it has always been what is the catch? Because there's <laughs> always a catch. They're just way True. better than these telemarketers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is that is all it is. And I can't help that, man. It's something I can't help. And it's not even just white people. No, I don't no, no. believe we go that back to Africa, we're gonna be like Wakanda, where they have like the whole bubble and where they can't necessarily no, get in. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> when technology gets that far, I will advocate for the move. <laughs> Heavily. That's their version of a quarantine. We're not there yet. Heavily. Yeah. We are not there That's yet. That's facts. And even I if I did get nuked, I'm... if I got nuked with all other black people, I'm it's, perfectly it's fine whatever. with that. What I'm, can we do? I'm cool. <laughs> I'm willing to take that sacrifice. <laughs> At least we're leaving together. Exactly. <laughs> the, the world will be a lot less we... spicy. It'll be a lot boring. Like, it will be bland as fuck without and us. And we got to so. get there on boat. We got to yeah, yeah. go how we came. <laughs> we gotta all take a boat over we can't fly <laughs> i just seen this and i'm just dying because it's so true everybody somebody was like donald trump's job was just to like blow up fucking america like he did it in four listen, fucking years listen for, and it's just destroyed my work here is almost done <laughs> the amount fired. of the amount of politicians that i've seen over the course of my life where people said don't do that. This guy's gonna ruin shit, man. This guy's this this woman's gonna ruin shit, man. This this is gonna get fucked up, or this is gonna get fucked up. This is the first mm-hmm. time this person has gone above and beyond any expectations of fucking up that I have ever seen on this major of scale. Like, how can one person down, do all down. this shit? I've never seen people accuse a president of something and him embody all of those things almost at once. For four years. It's truly nuts. And it's exactly what they said. They said, yeah, he might boost the economy, but he's going to fuck up the world. Here we are at the largest protest of all time. And it's because of one guy. <laughs> it's because of a lot of factors. It's, but a lot of it has to do with that one guy. <laughs> but, he, but, but he's he's fanning the fire. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he Sickle. let the bigots come out of hiding. Sicko, sicko mode. 
Did you um, see that one dude that uh, Charles Barkley interviewed? Yes, that mm-hmm. was a while back. That was a, the alt right, um, alt right, and I can't remember what his name was, but uh, he was like one of the alt right leaders. Yeah. I wonder what those guys are, how those guys are feeling right now. Where are they now? <laughs> Where are they now? What are you doing now? Right. There is um, a lot of information coming out about the Toronto police and um, their funding and all of these things. I implore you guys to just go take a look because if it doesn't infuriate you, these numbers, mm-hmm. I don't know what will, man. Like, a lot of this shit is just absolutely ridiculous. 24% of your taxes every year goes to cops. 2% of your taxes every year goes towards public education. I'll just leave it I'll just leave it at that. Um one thing that I'm really loving is seeing all the black creators and black businesses um share and um mm-hmm. you know receive a lot of accolades. I'm also seeing <laughs> a lot of Products and companies, black people held near and dear to their heart, we're finding out have nothing to do with the blacks. <laughs> it's like finding out BET was owned by black people over and over and over again. Blue Magic, something I put in my hair since I was a child. White people. I don't know why. Uh, like, what was the benefits of Blue Magic? Like, did it really work? Can I we not? Can we not attack? as well. Can we but, not yeah, attack my it? childhood cosmetics? Can we not do that? Listen, it made it made my waves glisten. My waves were spinning though. Like, <laughs> so were mine when I had my little slick back ponytail. Listen, but Dax Sporting Wave. Sporting Wave. Yeah. White. White people made that. It explains so much. <laughs> these, these greases are not conducive to our hair. <laughs> and Cantu, I'm seeing girls re- realize Cantu ain't made by, by black people. African pride. It's called African pride. <laughs> but I found out that one, that one, um, African pride, the white guy, his, his wife is black and his whole, he's got like tons of kids that are black. So it might've been one of those ones where it's like the dad trying to figure out his daughter's hair and, Ah, I yeah. gotta create a solution. <laughs> it was one of them, right? Um, That's what it was? There was one of them where it was like a white man who was the owner, but then they were like the brand, like the owner and then his family. And it was like a black ass wife yeah. and then like some mixed kids. It or might whatever. be, it might be that because his wife black as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't remember which brand it was. I randomly seen it. It didn't matter. I don't use it. So I was like, huh. <laughs> Keep scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, did you last but not least, did you guys see this wedding at the protest? Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> really? How did you guys it's feel like about the really? wedding at the protest? What well, was worse? I mean, what was worse? The black face of the protest or the wedding at the protest? I'm gonna go with the wedding. <laughs> they didn't have a wedding at the protest. They got married and they stepped outside. Even the worse. Protest. Ended up being out there Even when they worse. were doing their photo shoot. Even worse. Photo shoot. Even worse. You had your time for love privately and then decided to disrupt the movement by having it out publicly. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like proposing at your friend's planned, wedding. Like, like it wasn't. Planned it and they're like, yo, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. I think this they planned it months and months time. and months ago, but. I, it, with the court, this is what I think happened. First of all, I think they hate their friends and family. That's first of all. Second, I think they didn't have no money to have a wedding. 
<laughs> so they decided to just say, fuck it. We'll go down to protest. You know there's niggas with cameras out there. We get some pictures. Nah, that's not the case. <laughs> Stop, you get pictures of Everybody's going to be recording on moment. We'll exactly. Have perfect photo op. Exactly. They, were but, are, but, they already but, got but married. They, they couldn't get what catering they, because of the Ronas. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so they couldn't feed the fam, couldn't feed the friends, couldn't feed the was family. Were black? Huh? Was yes, they're black. Couple? They're yeah, black. Yeah, there's a black couple. Right? Were they, were they trying to show black love in the midst of this like black movement? Well, this, this is my real theory. <laughs> okay, not the fucked up one I was saying before. This is my real theory. I look at it as like gay, you know, gay um, rights marches, and you see gay couples getting married at those those gay rights marches. Like that's how I looked at it. Like mm-hmm. we're fighting for black rights. Mm-hmm. Why not fight for black love? Like, why can't black love be displayed? A lot of people were super pissed that they did that. <laughs> they were pissed. A lot of people just need to mind their business. Do facts. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it really, like, I I read, like, articles, and it was really just a coincidence that they went outside to do their photo shoot, and then the protest came across. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it was just coincidence. There was somebody in Mississauga at the Mississauga... Um, protests who proposed at the end of it my brothers told me they're like oh yeah it was a good protest it was peaceful and then somebody proposed and then i'm like okay no because you wait, can wait, hold literally on, hold on. propose to anybody Please tell me do you know anytime. the race do you know the races no i don't <laughs> Yo, if it was a black if it was a white guy proposing to a black queen that's manipulation at its finest. <laughs> I came and I fought for your rights, babe. <laughs> now marry me in front of everyone. <laughs> I told you I was down for the cause. <laughs> and now I'm down on my knees. <laughs> that's, not, oh no, that. that's horrible. Oh my goodness. Well, there's a lot more we could talk about, but we'd be here forever. And go on and on and on, on and on and on. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for tuning in another week. Um, we never told you guys our names at all, but we'll tell you guys right now. I'm Marlon. I'm Big Norm. <laughs> and I'm Alicia West. <laughs> the intern's losing his mind over there. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys um, tune into our Patreon. We'll have a new episode coming out this week. Um, also next week we have a guest on our show. Um, our, my, my lovely co-hosts ha- don't even know that we have a guest. I'm announcing it now to everybody. <laughs> um, we will have Timothy Delaghetto, um, on the show next week, uh, to talk with us. He's got a podcast oh, that shit. he does and oh, shit. he's had a tumultuous journey. Um, I feel like, uh, Norm needs some Asian solidarity during these trying times. That's yeah. right, and so, man, that's um, that's, that's uh, yes, I will get another black Asian to come through and <laughs> <laughs> you guys can. Uh, and he, mar- he married a black girl too, didn't he? Yeah, he hey. married a black queen, an East African queen. Um, but yes, we will have a really dope, fun, more light <laughs> episode for you guys. I know it's been two episodes of Dun Dun Dun. But, um, can I yeah. bring this up before we do leave? Go ahead. I just seen it. Go ahead. Babynames.com, they list every single person. They're like each of these these names was somebody's baby. And they start with like Emmett Till. Wow. And they keep going down the of whole. all the people that we've lost. Wow. Obviously, like very publicly. 
and it ends with George Floyd. And this is babynames.com stands in solidarity with the black community. Wow. That's, that's so sweet. That's sweet. That's very sweet. It's very sad when they mention that's the George touching, Floyd man. thing. And I think about him screaming out to his mom, like with you the guys, whole babies thing. Man, I felt yeah. so bad. Like when, when, <laughs> when I saw that post of our, of our poster, I typed in mama and then right after I typed it and I was like, <gasps> and like I replied Aww. saying, mama, we made it. But, but now that, that moment, whole mama, like, yeah. Yeah. I can't even say mama properly. Yeah. Just, just knowing the effect, like it goes deep. <sighs> crazy so, times, crazy times. Hug your mom's a little, uh, a little tighter if you're allowed to because yes. coronavirus. Yes. And not everybody, you know, is awarded that that privilege so thank you guys so much for tuning in once again if you have any questions comments or concerns hit us up on twitter at extra gravy show or instagram at extra gravy show and we'll see you guys next time i'm marlon i'm norm and i'm alicia west for the second time (laughs) and that turns losing his mind again (laughs) and that was the extra gravy Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.